0: Thanks for tuning in to the episode of the Aiden Show, sponsored by our friends at Caser Homes. Enjoy the show. Assalamu alaikum, everyone. Welcome to the Aiden Show, where we are dedicated to shed light, wisdom, and knowledge to our youth and communities. And today's guest is Mustafa Kerkan. Assalamu alaikum. Alaykum assalam. Mustafa, you just recently went to Hajj. Uh, tell us a little bit about what that experience was like.
1: Yeah, I went last year to Hajj. Uh, it's a very good experience. Um, the only thing is, it's very hard to explain what Hajj experience is like. I think you have to see it with your own eyes. Uh, we had such a good time there. Went with my wife. Uh, and I went with my brother and my sister-in-law as well. So it was the four of us all the time hanging around. But uh, I think you have to see it with your own eyes. I think everyone says the same thing. You need to see and experience. It's not something you can just explain in words. Um, I remember the first time I went over there, when we the first night that we got there, uh, we didn't go to sleep. We'd left Melbourne, we've gone all the way there. And then the imam is saying, we're just about to enter you know, the gate and see it. See Kaaba for the first time. When you see it, it's, it's really amazing because it actually looks, looks quite large when you first see it from the entrance. Mm. But then when you go in, it's a lot smaller. Uh, but you feel at home when you go there. You feel like you don't want to leave. And yeah. that's how it was for the, you know, we were there for three weeks there and then we went to Medina. But you, you feel like you don't want to leave all the time. You feel safe there, you feel you know comfortable
0: yeah you went with um diana 2019 so you went just just very recently i went in uh 2018 with miliguresh okay. um i guess the experience when you walk into those doors and you see for the first time it does really hit you. It hits some people more than others like i i saw a lot of people just around me just crying and you know just it's amazed amazing. yeah um i think when when it hit me really hard, it wasn't when I first saw it. And I, was, I was amazed and I loved that m- moment of it, but it was more when I was praying right in front of it. And I was watching, like, you, you're directly in front of the cabin. and your yeah. eyes are on the carpet as you're praying. And I got very That's emotional perfect. there. That was, that was just, yeah, out of the world experience. Um, yeah, it was really good.
1: Yeah. I have a lot of videos of that.
0: You do? That you're talking about, yeah.
1: yeah. So it was, it was my favorite parts time. It was basically do the tow off, do the prayer. And literally, we used to just sit there and watch people walk past. But like you said, when you're you're praying, even to this day, like even now when I try to pray, I sort of imagine myself as if I'm still in front of Cowboy itself. Mm -hmm. But you're right, it's probably the most amazing feeling that you're actually there. Definitely. um, It's like this is the place that we've been praying to all this time.
0: It's right here. It's right in front of me. Exactly. Exactly. Nothing nothing like it. it. Let's touch base a little bit about what you do for work.
1: Yeah, I, uh, I... I work for Telstra. Mm. Uh, I'm into IT. Been all my life, basically. Uh, I travel quite a bit for my work. Used to do a lot of interstate travel, but now more in Victoria. But all all networking. I don't deal with phones or anything. But it's just it's IT, purely you're IT. You're lucky. You're lucky. You don't
0: deal with phones. I was in the mobile phone industry. Look, oh, yeah. I loved it. I was in it um, for about. Early on when the 5110s came out and, you know, those really big bricks and then you had the 30, (laughs) they were exciting, so you had the 3210s come out and then you had the 80, how I remember it, 8210, 8250 and 8310. And the the difference between them, the 8250 had a blue LCD and the 8310 had a white LCD with FM radio. So every time something new came out, it was yes. just like people come to, oh, you know, this new the phone's radio. got the, yeah. the radio, I want to upgrade, you know, but now... I can't can even remember which models I had, but I had the one with the radio. I love that. Yeah. One, one of my favourites was a Philips phone. It was called the Philips Xenium. The battery life on that was two weeks. And that's what made it, yeah, that's what was pretty cool it's about nice. that. But you look at the mobile phones now, the iPhones, I mean, it's amazing that the technology in a phone... However, I wouldn't want to sell them because it's just really repetitive. It's the same thing, the iPhone 10 to the 11 to the 12, the camera difference, you know, so nothing exciting there, but it's like, yeah. yeah. It's got 50 megapixel now. Yeah, exactly, exactly.
1: <laughs> what does anyone do with it? I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Samsung's got like 100 megapixel or something now.
0: Yeah, the, I it's think ridiculous. the new one, Samsung the yeah, 12 or something that's about to come out, I think that's got that 100 megapixel, 100, yeah. It's you know, 105 or something. It's like ridiculous, you know. Yeah. Early on in life, what was your involvement in the communities? Which mosque did you attend to? Uh,
1: early on, so when I was young, you know, we used to go to Coburg Mosque, which is probably mo- where most people all went to. There were no other mosques, only any Turkish ones any, anyway, at least when I was growing up. Uh, but uh, so the first few years went past there. That's where I got a lot of the knowledge in, in my early life. You know, I was seven years old. Mm hmm. But then later on, we moved on to Broadmeadows. So Broadmeadows was starting. There was no mosque there, but there was a, a committee and they were doing, running classes there for the first few years around like at Upfield High School. So we went there for many years. What's um, that experience like in Broadmeadows? Uh, it was a lot different because I mean, I was, I was a lot younger at Coburg. I was only seven years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was a very big class. And like, you know, it was a couple, I think it was about a couple hundred people possibly in the one class. Wow. girls and yeah so it was the girls sat on one side guys sat on the other so a lot of the people that from those days you know they're everywhere right now so you know, people that of, were at coburg mosque yeah.
0: are pretty much in all so these other mosques
1: all these way. people that are like milligurdish mosque and things like that some of the people that are running it or have how they're all from those old days you know everyone yeah. came out of coburg so there was a big impact of people that came out of there i think
0: i think i agree with you because i was about six years old when i was at coburg and i remember climbing the apricot trees at the front i don't know if they're there now i don't think they are but i used to climb them up at six years old and you know when it was season and eat all the apricots and leave none for anyone else but um my father was one of those guys that went there my grandfather yeah. you know and then he then decided that i think they opened mindagurish and he went towards that direction yeah. yeah yeah
1: but i think everyone came out of there yeah. but there was the only one um but then, yeah, I went to Broadmeadows and I was a lot. Of, so, in Broadmeadows, I was in high school now. So, it was a very different sort of experience.
0: Which high school did you go back then?
1: Uh, I went to Faulkner and then I went to Gladstone Park. Wow. So, they were around so, what, what year is this? So, 81, 82, I was at Faulkner High School. Okay. And then after that,
0: it was all uh, Gladstone Park.
1: Mm hmm. So, uh, yeah. Was up here around,
0: around those times? Because I if you went to Broadmeadows, if you were part of that mosque, I didn't live around
1: it. So, I lived in Gladstone Park. So we lived in Camberfield and then Gladstone Park. Mm. So because anyone lived in Camberfields, which is the other side of Camberfield, mm-hmm. you used to go by bus to Faulkner. It was a common thing because Camberfield didn't have its own high school. Okay. And then when we moved to Gladstone Park, I went to Gladstone Park High
0: because it's close, obviously. It's yeah. Closer.
1: But Upfield was there. I had a lot of friends that were in Upfield, and our religious classes were in Upfield High
0: School. In the portables, the the broad meadows mosque. Yeah, so before mosque? the broad broad meadows
1: mosque had the mosque, they they bought the land. The land was actually there. I think they bought it in eighty one. Okay, around that stage, uh, but they organised Upfield High School to use their mosque. Uh sorry, the portables. Mm-hmm. And there's a there was only I think there was only two rooms there anyway. Yeah, uh, there was like a beginners and then there was a you know an inter, a mixed one sort
0: of. I remember I filled well. I went I went in year I think I did my year nine and year ten and. Yeah, I did my Year Nine, and Year Ten at Upfield. Upfield. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was a good experience. So, you were, when did the um, Body open up? When did the body mosque open up?
1: About eighty five officially opened up. And what did so you do? Officially. Yeah. So used to, I mean, at that stage I was at you know at RMIT, around those sort of times. Uh, but I was then, so I wasn't really going to religious classes anymore. But when I was eighteen, I, I came back again, basically so uh, i was sort of called back to help out with the newspaper that they were making and i bought a computer and computerized the whole uh newspaper that so a lot of people don't know but they used to have their own monthly newspaper which then mm. turned into a magazine uh, and it was all done by typewriters and, and photocopiers and things like that oh, and I sent it to a Yeah. what were they putting it? in it back then a uh, bit of everything so they had like you know the imam would write something so it was a lot of it's all religion basically okay. uh, but they had some News about Turkey as well, hmm. and they would get that from the um, embassy in Turkey in Canberra. So the embassy in Canberra would actually fax over some information about what's happening in Turkey.
0: Because really interesting. In the eighties, you wouldn't have had Google the way it is now. There was no internet at all. <laughs> there
1: was no such thing. There was no modem. There was no nothing. You know?
0: So people um, would have jumped onto this newspaper and you know grabbed yeah, it and had absolutely. a look what what's happening in absolutely. Turkey and overseas. And
1: I think it still existed till early two thousand. I think, uh, but then after
0: that it disappeared.
1: But I think they should have still done it. I think, I think it's still important, you know, even if it was a brief one, just, a, you know, two-page sort of like a bulletin, you know. In fact, in one stage, we were coming up with bulletins. There was, yeah. a, there was one, one stage when I was there, so in my early, you know, when I was about 20, instead of always coming up, the newspaper takes so much effort, so it would take like a month or you know, sometimes we'd skip a month and do it the second month, depending on what happened. Yeah. But we'd come up with bulletins, so it was like a one-pager, and then it would have information about what's going on because there was, there was so much activity going on at that stage. All the moss were re, being built everywhere. So Broadmeadows boss was built, but there was a lot of others that were trying to build, like Thomas Town and places like that. Okay, money was always being collected. Help this one, help that one. You know, there was, there was a lot of activity going on at that stage. Yeah. yeah, that was. And so until probably I got married, I was I was there. Once I got married, I actually found a job in Canberra and I moved away. So. Wow, so Canberra. Yeah. Seven years I was there, mm-hmm. uh, but until then I was yeah. So from like eighteen to twenty three, I was involved heavily in the Broadmeadows Mosque.
0: So after twenty three, you got well. Did you get married, married at twenty
1: three? Yeah, okay. I got married. So married, and in fact, like the day I left, there was actually an election for mm-hmm. our committee, and we were voted out anyway. So well, well, he's been we've there heard, for so long. Okay. Wow.
0: I, I didn't know that happens because <laughs> I'm, looking, I left. I'm looking at Broadmeadows now, I don't see people getting voted out. The same people have been there for a yeah. very long time, and I'm in mean a very long time.
1: Yeah, they decided to vote us out because we have been there for too long. So okay. That's okay. Your new blood comes in and out, and I think it should still happen. So it doesn't happen anymore
0: as far as I can see. Yeah, it is a little unfortunate. Look, at that, that is great to happen. I mean, when you put these new... Young guys in, and you yeah. know they they come up with these new ideas, and yeah. uh, obviously how to run things a little bit differently. Let's get back to Canberra. What, why did you go there? What made you go there? So you just saying work? Job? job yeah, work. Okay. Had a good opportunity, once in a lifetime
1: sort of job. You know to go. You know it wasn't just working; it was learning. So it was it was a very different kind. It was IT okay. still. I was in IT anyway, but a very different area, very large scale sort of job. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's why it was a basically you know I had to I had to take it or.
0: You know, and and out. so so seven years in Canberra, was there mosques yeah. there back then? Yep, there
1: is. There's a uh, there's a central mosque that is close to all the embassies in the centre, sort of very close to Parliament House, and that's the one I used to go to all the time. Okay, but there were a couple of other uh, committees that were trying to build their own mosque while I was there. I think they have now, but while I was there, they were they are only getting together at Ramadan and pl- times like that, trying to set up their own places, like one in the south and one in the north. Okay, but I think the southern one there, has been built. I, I Thinking. Okay. It's been so long. I, I left in 2000. It's been 20 years since I left.
0: So yeah. Well, I'm sure. It's something now, you know? Definitely. There's, prob- uh, there's probably still a Muslim community there. There is. There's a big Muslim community. Mm-hmm.
1: uh It's, you know, a big mixture too. I oh. mean, like, we go to Broadmeadows Mosque, it's all Turkish. We go to Miljigurj, mostly Turkish. You know, there are other nationalities, but you go to Canberra, it's every nationality. Oh, wow. Whatever you want. You know, from in the Chinese to, you know, whatever. They have separate
0: because here in Bordi, um, that we've got we do have a lot of different mosques and a lot of different you know nationalities. But I guess was it like the one mosque bringing all these different nationalities? Yeah, yeah,
1: absolutely, as big as the central mosque, so everyone you know got together there. That's amazing. You know, I used to go during Ramadan as well, Uh, it was a very good experience just to meet up with people at that time. Mm -hmm. It was like our get together, you know, with the other Turkish friends of ours. but yeah, it's a very big, very big mixture there, you know, which is good. That's mm. good, you know. Uh, I think Canberra is doing well, and then like the southern area, they're more of a um, more Pakistani and that sort of group of people, but still a mixture. But it seems to be more heavily in the sort of Pakistani Sri Lankan sort of a, at that time, anyway. I don't know what it's like now. Mm.
0: But the southern group was was predominantly them. Well, well, here in Melbourne. Canberra, I guess uh, Australia. Uh, throughout the years, you've been to different mosques. You've experienced different things. Um, you know, wh- what have you? What have you found? Like, has your beliefs from the Quran before changed to the way they are now, or you know, in terms of Quran and Hadiths? What, what have you come across? What type of information for these mosques? Nothing really. I mean, I, I still had the traditional kind of beliefs
1: that everyone does. You know uh the very basic knowledge you know knew how to read the quran knew how to pray we knew some basic suras. i probably did a lot more than most people at my time at my age because when i was actually in the committee at 18 i actually asked for help from the imam at that time to give me personal classes personal lessons so i was getting you know uh, not your typical stuff you know but again it was a lot of memorization that he was giving me instead of talking about what the religion was or you know, reading the Quran and this is what this means. We never went through one time I remember about what something meant. Mm. It was more about you know how to read the Yeah. You know how to um, you know how does how to read this better than what
0: you were reading it before. This is why it's here, and you just need to read it like that. Simple. Yep. yep. Exactly. So no no in depth information. There was
1: no in depth information. We did talk about certain topics, but you know when I go back to them now, it's like they're not even very important. You know these topics, and they didn't really relate to the Quran that much either. You know. Very basic stuff, you know. Very basic stuff that had nothing to do with anything, really, mm. you know. Um, so it came to a point you had to you have to say, you know, stop and go. I've got to take this into my own hands, okay? Because unfortunately, the education isn't really out there—the religious education that you think you need—and um, I think that's the problem. So, what what research were you doing? So it was um, a bit of reading, but I wasn't reading the Quran yet. Okay. It was quite interesting. A lot of Google reading, you know, YouTube videos and things like this. So this but is early so, on. This is very early on. Okay. This is very early. I did. I've read a lot of books, yep. all sorts of books, you know, uh, about the afterlife, about you know, kiamet you know, or like the coming times. What happens when you die? I read all sorts of things. I used to tell people about. it. I used to explain these things to everyone.
0: What would you explain?
1: You know, um, just you know about what's going to happen. The end times, for instance. Judgment how, Day. Judgment Day. How it's going to happen. What's going to happen. I used to talk about this to everyone. Yep. It's funny because my perception's completely changed now because now it's based on fact, not, you know, a lot of the fiction that I was reading at that time.
0: So the facts that you've found now, um, yep. what are they? Uh,
1: well, well, compared to before. Compared to before. Yeah. I, the facts, I realize that, I mean, this is something that you realize late. It's very unfortunate that I had to realize it so late, but you realize that the Quran. It has a, actually got information in there about all of this, mm-hmm. and I think you need to know that the Quran is the source of information first. Now, uh, a lot of the books I was reading weren't even, you know, they weren't Quran related. They weren't even Hadith related. Some of them, yeah, you know, they were just stories, revelation. They're not revelations. What do they call them? Um, they're just stories, really. Yeah, you know, and that's the unfortunate part. There are actually a lot of beliefs that aren't even Hadith related. That are out there. That's being talked about quite often as if it's religion. Well, it's like, well, well, hold on, you know, you know. Uh, but you realise later that religion is through Allah given to our prophets. Okay. So there's there's
0: Sahih hadiths, hadiths. I mean, which ones do you find relevant to say the Quran? Which ones are
1: okay. yeah weak or, or, or yeah irrelevant? so there's so there's this. You know, we always hear it's, it's common term it's Sahih this, you know yeah, let's, Sahih let's maybe means it's the real one okay? exactly What what is that so what's the real one so well there's a few I've got a few sort of examples so uh, here's one you know this is supposed to be Sahih okay. you know if, it says if if a uh, husband bashes his wife you never ask why
0: that's from Buhari or this is
1: Ebu Dawud. So it's Ebu one Dawud. of the one of the Sahih ones uh, there's another one it says if you're praying hmm. and in front of you a uh, a lady, so it could be your wife basically. It says a woman, a donkey, or a black dog goes in front of you, a prayer is gone.
0: Again, Sahih. Yeah. Dawood?
1: So this one is in Muslim, Dawood, uh, Tirmizi, the same one, and a few others. But the Sahih ones, those three. Sahih. So another one, like, I mean, this is supposed to be Sahih. This is, uh, it says, you know, look, this is Buhari Muslim. Uh, Majah, there's a few of them. Mm-hmm. It says uh, hell will be filled with mainly women
0: because of gossip. I'm guessing. <laughs> no,
1: you know, and then there's some other, you know, very. This is very relevant, a very irrelevant one. Uh, it says when you put food on the, you know, on the fire, go get wudu.
0: So when hot food is on, when the
1: you're cooking, so when you're cooking, so you put you put a pot of food on the fire. Go get up with this now. Go get wudu.
0: Why would
2: why don't know?
1: This? Okay, this, is it, <laughs> this is all it says
0: in a hadith. Yeah, this is in, all it says in either Bukhari. Well, yeah. not all of them sound like that, but you know these are some of the examples that you give. These are us. examples. Obviously, these that, are the ones that, that you know, seem a little odd. a little
1: you. odd, yeah. yeah. It says, uh, well, another one like Abu Dawood. Okay, you know, someone that doesn't do their namaz, kill him. He says that.
0: Yeah, so right. I don't, this I've this never a, heard this. This is it a
1: before. very, this is a very common one. So this is just one that I brought up, but this is a very common one. So all. Most messeps all believe, yeah, mothers all believe that uh, someone that doesn't pray is to be either beaten up first, mm-hmm. which is Hanifin messebe beaten up and then killed, or a lot of them actually are to be killed
0: in in the misabs. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. So. I've never been taught this throughout. No, so I've never any mosque.
1: I've never heard these things either until you start investigating. Go, wait, hold on, this is
0: Sahih, you know. Hold on, no one's doing this. Okay. But this is what's in there. This is what it actually says. Well, which ones go against the Quran? Is there any hadiths that do that?
1: So, against the Quran, uh, there's quite a few. So, like again, like, see, see in Buhari, again, it says, uh, if someone changes their religion, kill them.
0: If they're Muslim and they change their religion?
1: That's a thing. It doesn't say which way. Uh, that's what it's implying, I'm guessing. Yeah. Okay. But it's funny because it's very it's basic. It says, someone who changes their religion, kill them. But in the Quran, It says there is no compulsion in religion in Bahar Surah 256. There's no compulsion. Okay. There's no death. If there's no compulsion, how can there be death associated with you changing your religion? Okay, so that's a great example. Yeah. Yeah. This is directly going against it. Uh, Another one, it says, uh, there's a hadith, a Bukhari hadith. It's mentioned uh, that a Jewish man cast a spell on our prophets. And he was influenced by it and walked around dazed for days. Dazed for days. Yeah. So, in other words, it was just, so some sort of magic was given, you know, put on to our prophet okay. by a Jew. And so he didn't know what he was saying, basically. That's what I meant. So, the days part is that in Turkish, it, it makes more sense to me sometimes because it says he's just walking days and without knowing what, what's going on.
0: Do you have the quote? Can you quote? Yeah, so much? that's
1: Buhari okay. 76/70, uh, 47. It says it's okay. also in Hambel, but it's in Buhari. But there's an ayah that actually directly relates to this, that it's not true. Mm. So this is saying some magic was cast, a spell was pu- cast on our prophet, and there is an ayat that actually says, uh, "A treasure presented." Uh, so what does it say? It says, uh, "It says uh, some people will say that you f- you follow not a man affected by magic." So it's saying that some people have said uh, that he only f- is basically saying the same thing. Or does he have a garden from which he eats mm. and the wrong says You 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 know follow a man. Uh, A man affected by magic. It's Furkan 8, basically. Furkan Surah 8, if you actually go into it, these two, uh, the ayat actually relates to this particular thing. So in one of them you're saying, the Quran is saying he's not affected by magic, Mm. this prophet, because at that time there was talk about it, that they were saying that uh, our prophet is actually affected by jinns, affected by, I don't know if you've heard about that, affected by magic, that he's under a spell and that's why he's coming up with all of these things about the Quran. Mm. And at the same time, there's a hadith that come out and says, yes, he is affected by magic. You know, how could this be?
0: Mm. So what do you think someone should do when they come across these type of hadiths, when they're looking into research and they come across the Quran saying one thing
1: yeah.
0: and the hadith saying another?
1: Well, obviously you've got to take the Quran first. Okay. So this is, uh, so this is the problem with it, that although that? we've said sahih, so we've said that they're actually true hadiths, how can this be true? There is no such thing as automatically saying they're true. You can't just say Buhari is all true or Ebuduat is all true. You've got to relate it to the Qur'an. So if this hadith actually go against the Qur'an, well, then how can you take it? You can't take it. You've got to take the the, uh, the Qur'an ayat.
0: Is it, is it because the Qur'an um, came to us early on during the prophesies, well, after the prophesies and passed on, um, compared to, say, the hadiths coming, you know, for example, Bukhari, I think, got some of these hadiths two hundred years yeah, later. Yeah, yeah,
1: that's right. Again, what so hadith were put together? So the hadith supposedly existed all this time, but they're third-hand information. So the hadith are never written by the prophets. It's people that have seen our prophet or people that have heard of our prophet say something, mm. and they've tried to memorize it. And then two hundred years later, you know Bukhari, you know all these people basically. Collected hadith and put them into a book format. Let's tell some he of these guys that don't, don't
0: understand too much about how it's really happened. There is a lot of people out there. So, for example, Buhari would go to someone, get the hadith from him, because yep. he'll also ask him questions like, Well, who did you hear it from? That's right. Who did you hear it from? And what were they doing? And, you know.
1: He'd try to find the chain, basically. Yep. So, he'd work out the chain and then work out who actually first uh, narrated that particular hadith. And then they would look at the character of the person. Okay. So the character of the person, will be, you know, okay, yes, he's a trustworthy person and the chain is strong, that's how we take it somehow. It's, that's the most basic way of explaining it. It goes in a lot more deeper, yeah. but that's their basic science, that is it a trustworthy source and is the chain, you know, a proper chain? Mm. Uh, I mean, there are, there are stories that Buhari had a million you know, hadith that he collected okay. and he only has a few thousand that he's actually kept in the end. So he's actually thrown away a lot of them. Oh, okay. Well, no. Some say a million, some say 600,000. There's a few mixed stories. But, you know, yep. half a million, we'll say. That's the that's the basic minimum that he's actually had in his hand. And yeah. he threw them away and ended up with a few thousand.
0: Okay. The information I got, I thought Sahih um, through Buhari was, I think, 7,000. And yeah. the, non, well, the non-Sahih ones um, were roughly about the same. I don't know the numbers, Tom. Yeah. But, um, very mixed
1: numbers with it, so... So, but just saying they're Sahih and say they're all Sahih obviously it doesn't work. You know, if we can just if I can just open it up and have a look and find certain things that are directly against the Quran, it can't actually happen.
0: Is there any more examples you have of hadiths that go directly against the Quran? Yep. Like with, with some of the research that well, you might have done.
1: Well, a very basic one. Uh, it says, I heard the messenger of Allah saying, This is Buhari in eighty mm-hmm. nine. Uh, I heard the Messenger of Allah saying, those who will receive the most severe punishment from Allah on the day of Resurrection are the painters. Are the painters? Oh, the yeah. ones
0: that do the photos. Photos and yeah, yeah, we hear this a lot. A of, lot. But yeah. it says
1: the most severe punishment. So there's, a, there's an ayat that talks about this. Not this, but it tells you who gets the most severe punishment. Okay. It's not the guys that make the idols? It's, it's the all ones that… Painters. Yeah. painters, yeah. Okay. painters. Yeah. Okay. And there's an ayat in Nisa 4. Okay, it's the fourth surah. It says, indeed, Allah does not forgive association with him. So association as in shirk, this is what it's talking about, Hmm. does not forgive association with him. But he forgives what is less than that from who he wills. Hmm. Okay, so he's saying that, I'm not going to interpret it, it basically says anyone that commits shirk is not forgiven. Anything under that can be forgiven. Okay. Now, in this hadith, it's saying that painters are the most... Um, it will have the most severe punishment.
0: Ah, okay. Even, that, <laughs> well, that's true, because if it's saying in the Quran that you turn to God and say, forgive me. Absolutely. He, he's the most forgiving.
1: Yeah, according to this hadith, does that mean a painter is worse than a person who commits shirk that has associations other than Allah? Yeah, I guess <laughs> I guess that does raise a question, doesn't it? It, it is. It's very, um, you know. I think this is a basic, and this is Bukhari. so I'm not cl- quoting any of the weaker ones. These are Sahih Buhari hadiths. Mm-hmm um yeah that's
0: well we've got we've got um the that, that gel, i guess i want to touch up on a little bit of that um you think is jesus going to come back like is there things mentioned in we know this through hadiths that you know Dajjal uh, is going to come jesus is going to come mehdi is going to come with the information that you've looked into in the quran what do you believe do you think jesus will come back so th- this topic is one of my
1: favourite topics oh, before this, I started researching. It's great that we're talking yeah. about it then. Okay. I used to love it. I used to read everything about this. You know, when's the death child coming? Even, tr- you know, there were there were a lot of people actually trying to work out when he's going to come. Okay. You know,
0: and well, a lot f- of them were at these times. The I'm TVs going back like 30 years ago. Tall buildings. And, yep. And,
1: okay. 30 years ago, I used to read this stuff all the time, tell people about it. Jesus, you know, death child is almost here. Waiting for Jesus to come back. Waiting for the method. I was waiting. Yep. Uh, but after researching, you find out that Dejal is not even mentioned once, ever, in the Quran or Mehti. Jesus is not mentioned about coming back. He's actually, it is actually that tell you he's, he's dead.
0: He's like dead. Dead. He's yeah. in the grave. Absolute, That's it. Finished. In, yeah. Which ayat?
1: So, um, so there's a few of them. So there's one. If you go to uh, the third surah, Ali Imran, fifty five. It says, uh, Oh Jesus, I will take your soul and raise you up to me. Okay. Okay. A lot of people try to interpret this in a different way and say, no, he didn't actually kill him, he just took him up. But it actually says soul. Um, okay. The word, itself. And the word there in Arabic, so when I, I tried to investigate this a little bit more. There's actually a word there that says, mm. which means death. Now this, t- or taking of your soul. This taking of your soul can happen in two ways. So either you're asleep Or you could be dead. That's how your soul is taken away. So Allah actually says he takes your soul when you're asleep or you're dead. So they always try to relate it to the other one, that he
0: was put to sleep and then taken up. Okay. Okay. Um, So while he was on the cross?
1: Well, he was never on the cross. Okay. Um, He was never on the cross. I mean, that's just something the Christians believe. He was never on the cross. But during that time, they're saying that Allah took uh, Jesus away.
0: Okay. So during the time where he was getting tortured,
1: he was he wasn't but yeah that's uh these are all the misconceptions about it. none of this really happened uh there is an aid i don't have the aid with me but there is an aid that talks about how they thought they cro- killed uh, jesus mm-hmm. but they never did someone else was instead
0: okay so you're saying that um he didn't feel that torture he didn't feel that no, pain no, because didn't. allah um took his so did he take no his
1: no so it doesn't say when so we don't know when he was when he died okay so uh, we don't know when he died we know that he died mm-hmm. he was never taken up there was no there's no mention about him being taken up with to the a heavens. body to the heavens with a body so that he can return okay. in fact there's an ayat that actually talks about him uh there's a conversation between allah and isa mm. uh in qiyam in Ahir at times and from that ayat, you can tell that he's not coming back what is it say? so do we have that yeah there is uh i think it's uh so in Maidus 116, which is the fifth surah, in 116 and 117, mm-hmm. so this is a, a conversation between Allah and Isa, uh, and what he's saying is, uh, he says, and beware the day when Allah will say, O oh Jesus, yeah. Son of Mary, did you say to the people, take me and my mother as behind uh, besides Allah? So Allah is asking, you know, did you tell everyone that, you know, me and my mother are de- 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 is like as in the son of, you know, God. Okay. What page was that? So the 116.
0: Maida 116. So you might have a. I've got… Yeah. So the Quran I've got… Um, Which version is that one? This one here uh, comes with a really, really cool box as nice well. a nice looking one, yeah. These are beautiful. Uh, quran It's great to give gifts. Uh, it's from www.quranproject.org. Okay. You go online um, and it's free. I think you only pay for Can you for see postage. it online as well? Yeah, you can. Do
1: they have an online version as well? I'm not. I don't think they
0: have the online version. I'm not too sure. But It's free, so it's just pay for delivery. It is free, and and it kind of before you go towards the Quran, it kind of mentions a couple of uh, things. Like there's a poem here, for example. My mind ponders and contemplates, dwelling on the reality of life. Yet nothing is as scary as the realness of the ever living. His closeness, his knowledge of my inner self, the insights tremble and frighten. At this reality, I awake sometimes, I hear nothing except my heart beating, beat after beat it beats, one thought is flowing in my mind, all that my mind and body desires at this moment is to stand, to stand before him, this feeling I wouldn't exchange for the world, to fall, prostrate and praise him, tell him I love him and, long, and am longing to meet him. Life is a journey with many intended ambitions, yet mine is simple, to meet my Lord when I am closest to him. So very, very beautiful Quran. Okay. Something um, that I've Is this gifted. like in the beginning? The this is the sort of beginning, yes. Yeah. So you've got the introduction, he's put a poem in there. Um, I've gifted a few of these to some uh, to some non-Muslims that have been interested That's that have sweet. actually asked for it. Um, and yeah, and it's it's definitely something that I recommend uh, a lot of people help uh, uh, I guess the project with you know you can you can donate or you can buy one yourself and just hand it over to not uh, to a non-Muslim.
1: So is that a particular translation of their own or is it like one of the the common ones like the Sahih International? So this the is Yusuf
0: Ali. Uh, what does it say? Edited by. With sort of introduction, of
1: translations. Yeah, is it a new a, translation?
0: It, you know? Yeah, it could be. It says El Mehri So A dot B. Well, let's go into going, the, going to say May
1: the one one six. Okay. Made one one six. I mean, it'll be similar. It'll you know. I just want to see what sort of. Uh, well, we gotta look for it in so the introduction. Five, yeah. Do you know what page it is? No, because it'll be it'll be different because it's a uh, the translation books are all different pages. Okay, so the
0: fifth surah. Fifth surah al Maida, there it is it is page
1: ninety eight. So let's yeah. go on to ninety eight. And then go to one one six and one one seven. One one six. Just see if you read it from there. See If it's a newer translation, it might be much more simpler English.
0: Okay. Here we go. And beware the day when God will say, O Jesus, Son of Mary, did you say to the people, Take me and my mother as the it is besides God. He will say, Exalted are you. It was not for me to say that to which I have no right. If I had said... It, you would have known it you would have known what is within myself and i do not know what is within myself indeed it is you who is the knower of the unseen
1: yeah read the next one and i'm going to tell you why why it's important
0: i only said to them what you ordered me to worship god my lord and your lord and i was a witness over them as long as i was among them but when you took me up you were the observer over them and you are over all things witness. If you should says so verse one one eight, uh, if you should punish, that's it. Yeah. yeah. If you should punish them, indeed, they they are your servants. But if you are, f- if you forgive them, indeed, it is you who is the exalted in might, the wise. Yeah. God will say, this is the day when the truthful will benefit from their truthfulness for them. Uh, Gardens in paradise beneath the rivers flow wherein they will abide forever. God being pleased with them and they will with him. That is a great attainment. Yeah.
1: So that was good that you read the last one because that last one is explaining to you that it's judgment day. Okay. So this conversation is happening at judgment day. Mm. This, These three ayats that you read. The important part about it is Allah is asking him, did you say this? And he's saying, no, I'm not aware of it. He actually says, I'm not aware of it. But only you would know if I had said something. I, I, he's saying, I never said anything like that and I'm not aware of it because when you took me away, I was unaware of it. Yeah. Now, if he, if Jesus had come back, so this is, this is judgment day, so this is assuming that everyone's now up there and Allah is talking to Jesus. Now, he's saying, I'm not aware of it because while I was there, I was not aware of any of this. Only you know what's actually happening. And if you were to judge them and you would judge them depending on whatever – situation they're in Hmm. if he had come back he would not give that answer he would say i'm not why would he say i'm not aware of it he would have said yes i know when i went back the second time i was aware that all these people were saying that i'm you know the son of god and i tried to convince them you know he would have said something like that but his, his answer is i'm not aware i'm not aware of anything like that while i was down there i only did whatever you commanded me to do well, not so aware. while
0: he was at the heavens.
1: Yeah, so this is talking about judgment. This is when everyone, this is the end of the world. Okay. This, this is, is Akhirat. Because that's what that last eye we read actually said. It said, this is the day. There was, a, there was a mention that you said in there. I don't know if you remember. That yep. last day So it's talking about judgment day and Allah is talking to Jesus. So this is after everything. The whole world's gone. The universe is gone. And we're now on judgment day. He's saying, did you actually say to the people that You and your mother are deities. In other words, the sons of God. And, you know, uh, basically, I mean, most people think he is God as well. And he's saying, I'm not aware of it. Because when you took me up, I'm not aware of what happened after that. Now, if he had come back, he would have said, I am aware of it. But I never told him that.
0: Yeah.
1: He's saying, Well, if you took me, I don't know what happened. I never mentioned anything like that. I don't know what's going on. But you you judge them however you're going to judge them. This is the proof from what I understood as soon as I read it that Jesus is never coming back. Okay. Why wouldn't it say? Here's the most important part about this whole conversation. So Joel, Jesus, Mehdi, none of these are mentioned. Joel uh, is not mentioned at all uh, by name even. Yep. Mehdi is not mentioned whatsoever as coming back at all. And Jesus is just talking about his death, not talking about him coming back. Now such an important topic like this, you would think that it would have some sort of detail, mm. probably a lot of detail, but let's say some at least, and it's not there. None of it's there. or not even a mention of it.
0: Yeah, you know, because um, even even Muhammad Sallallahu flying to the heavens on a horse, um, speaking to God, you know about about the prayers. Um, oh, guess, so this is miraj. Yeah, or, you know, I, I I don't know if that's also in the Quran or not. I, I don't no, remember so, re- so reading it.
1: No, so miraj. Uh, the mirach conversation or the mirach uh, thing is always related to another Suda called Isa. Isra. isra. Mi- mirach
0: is a, a night. Is that is, is the word mirach Turkish or? It's
1: um, no. It's, I think it's it's the same word. What's the definition mirage. of it? So mirach is the um, what was the explanation of it? It's actually the uh, the ascending or something like that. Okay. Um, but the problem is so it's, uh, it's always related to another Suda Called Isra Surah. So they always talk about Isra Miraj. Yeah. It's, it's in the Quran, it's in Isra Surah. The problem is Surah Isra, there's one verse about it. And the verse it basically goes like this it says, Glory to God who take his servant for a journey by night from the sacred mosque to the far, furthest mosque, whose precincts we did bless, in order that we might show him some of our signs. For he is the one who heareth and seeth. That's it. That's what the Quran says. Okay. There's no mention about him going, flying anywhere. So you, I don't know if you know the whole story. So the whole Miraj story is that our Prophet was woken up at night, one night, taken to Masjid Al-Aqsa, which actually means furthest mosque. That's okay. actually the meaning of it. Furthest mosque. Furthest mosque. Um, so when I investigated this a bit deeper, and I used to love this story, so I used to tell this story to everyone. Okay. Until I found out that this story doesn't really exist. Hmm. Um I want to hear this. Yeah. So he's taken to Masjid Laksa where he actually prays. And there's different versions of this. I've read many different versions of it. There is, doesn't seem to be one. He's doing, he actually prays with uh, Musa alayhi salam, Isa alayhi salam at Masjid Laksa. And he prays with them. And after the prayer, they both have, and there's a different version. Some people will say, I've never heard this before. I've read many of them. Mm. But there's one version I'm. Um, uh, where they actually have wine in their hands, and they're offering it to our prophet, and the prophet says, you know, and then they go, oh, hold on, we can't offer it to you because it's not, it's forbidden for you, because you're still alive, and you're still alive, and you know, you're not allowed to have it. Okay. This is okay, and so they drink it, and then this horse burak comes again, and they take off and they go up into the heavens. But as they take off, the eve of this, there's actually a stone in um, in Mr. Duluxar they say, which is actually still up in. It, it actually is floating. There's no such thing. What do you mean, floating? So with the point where our prophet left with the horse, is a particular rock. Yep. And as that horse lifted up, apparently that stone never touched the ground again. Mm. This is a, a, a myth. <laughs> okay. That people still believe, because whoever goes over there has a look that yeah, there's one part of it that's sort of sitting up, but the rest of it's actually touching the ground. So. Okay. It's just a rock, like you know, a big a big stone, you know. Massive stone. I've never, I've seen pictures of it, so it's not up in the air. There's no such thing. But yeah. um, well, so where, where, where is this rock supposed to be? In in Meschede Okay. So all well, there in that precinct. That's interesting. I've never seen it. Yeah. Okay. So you've been. I've been. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So they never talked oh, about no, the story. I'm sorry, I've never been to Luxa. Oh, sorry. Confusing,
0: I'm confusing myself with uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> something else.
1: No, not in yeah. not in Carbury. Not any, in Calbee, yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so then he goes up into the heavens with the the horse, and they go up to the seven heavens, and as they're going up, uh he goes and sees Allah. Okay. But at that t- time, Jebra can't go with him as well.
0: Wait, so Burak takes him to Masjid al-Aqsa? Yep. Does he leave him there to go on that rock? Or He's,
1: He basically does, he prays with Jesus and
0: Musa al-Aqsa, al-Aqsa okay.
1: first, and then he... Then they t- then the, the Burak actually takes him up into the heavens. I didn't even know Burak meant that, but well, there you go.
0: I've got a friend, Burak. Yeah, so, so it's actually the, the horse. meaning of it. It's the a horse. flying horse. Flying horse. Wow, yeah. okay. I, I don't
1: know. That. I've never been able to see where else that name appears. For mm. what reason? Or is that the only reason or is it come from somewhere else? But that's the name Burak. So mm. Burak is the name of the horse. Okay. Um, it's not what it is, but it's the name. So it's actually called Burak. And it's a big horse that flies with wings. Mm-hmm. Good explanations of this. Yeah. So he goes up into the heavens with him, and and then there's a point where he's going. He's travelling so far to see Allah that Jebra says, "I can't go anymore. I don't. am not physically. I'm not. You know, my body's not able to take the, the journey. Mm. But somehow Muhammad Al goes up there with with the you know uh, with the horse, and as he's up there, he gives uh, the two last uh, ayats of Baha Surah. I'm going to get into this. Why well, this is such a problem?
0: He gets the ayat. The last of two ayats. Of, so
1: in Isra surah, it actually says we sent, uh, you know, we we uh, created this night journey to give some of our signs to our prophet, and okay. those signs actually mean ayats. So some of our ayats to show him some of our ayats. But in the story, they say that the last two ayats of Bakara surah were given then while he was up there. Okay. So normally everything else is given on the earth when he's here. Jibril salam comes and gives him. You know, ayat by ayat. Yes, those two were given up there. The last two surahs of Bakara.
0: And, and this is hadith saying that they were given up there. Yeah. yeah. Okay.
1: So this is the this is the whole miraj story. You know, um, some of it's not in hadith, some of it isn't. Um, it's a whole story, and there's different versions of this. Mm. So as he's, uh, so he gets the last two sort but at the same time he's given uh, the amount of times prayer is supposed to happen fifty times a day. Okay as he's coming down the different levels of heaven, the seven levels of heaven, he sees Musa a.s. and Musa a.s. stops him and says, "Oh, so what happened? What did Allah give you?" And he said, "Well, He gave me two ayats of Baqara surah, and He gave us a present, a gift of fifty uh, namaz a day." And he said, "Whoa, hold on, hmm. this is the story. Like, is that actually exact? fifty prayers a day? Fifty prayers a day." And he says, "Wait a say? He goes, your, "Your people won't. The people won't be able to do it." Hmm. He goes, go back. He goes, you know, go back. Renegotiate. Renegotiate. And Jebrai said, this is the story, Jebra is next to uh, Musa salam and he turns around to Jebrai and says, what do you think? You know, he goes, I agree. So, so the he, angel says it as well. The angel says it too. Jebrai says to, I agree, you know, like listen to him sort of.
0: It's too full on. We're not too full on.
1: Yeah, okay. So he goes back up, mm-hmm. and uh, the first time I remember this, Apparently, uh, Allah, he's a bit busy. So he says, make it 40, go away. So he goes up to renegotiate. He goes, okay, 40, go back to our Prophet. So as he's coming down, he goes, what happened? He goes, 40, goes, too much. Go back again. Is so this, this Musa saying the same thing? Okay. He keeps sending him up. Eventually, he comes back down. So I don't know how many times he goes up because there's different versions of this again. Sometimes he you know, drops by half every time. Eventually, he gets to five. When it comes down to five, it says, salam what happened? Five. And he goes, go back again. You know, It's still too much. Mm. And he goes, I can't. To go up and ask again.
0: So Just five was
1: too five. much. Yeah, Musa said five was too much too. Okay. So go back up.
0: And he right. didn't. Even though the Prophet, it shows in the Quran, prayed six times. Well, it doesn't show the Prophet, well, it mentions that there's six different prayers in there. There are six
1: different prayers. Well, the, but there's five that are actually fathers for us anyway. Yep. And okay. the sixth one is something the that he did. The sixth one didn't. is Tejud that it was fathers for him only. Wow. Oh, okay. So it's Tejud is actually fathers for our Prophet. Mm-hmm. In the Quran, it actually mentions this uh it's far as for him not far for us but obviously something that we should be doing you know when we can
0: yeah definitely because it's mentioned in the,
1: in the quran absolutely it's doing it's something, something like that we should it, be doing yeah, yeah. when you got time do it or you know during ramadan for so, instance, so what, should do what, it what do you do you wake up in the middle of your sleep do you wake up after yeah so after you've slept and woken up that's when you do it minimum of two records what time roughly um, you you have to have slept Okay, so an uh, hour, well, two hours. Does yeah. manage put your alarm on? You have to have slept. I and guess the, up.
0: the reward would be better if, if it's like deep sleep and the yeah. alarm goes off and you wake up and you know it's going
1: to be like you know two a.m. in the morning or three a.m. in the morning or something. Yeah. You are know? pushing oh, yourself. I've got to get out of bed. I that's have to right. pray. I lost my That shows commitment. Yeah, you know, and um, there's more to it than that. So uh, I think it's also your mind is a lot clearer at that time, hmm. and that's what it really is. It's it's got to do with the clarity that you have. Okay. In middle of the night, you don't have many other things to think about. If you got up and started praying and thinking about what you're praying with, it's going to be a very uh, thoughtful sort of prayer. Definitely. You know, and that's what it's really about. Definitely. So he's given the five. Uh, so in the end, he says, that's it, I'm not going back. I'm going to stick with the five. Mm-hmm. And he comes back down. And so the problem with this whole story, I found, and I used to love this story and I used to explain it and I thought it was, you know, real i thought this is how it was the problem with it is is that uh this story so it's saying that bakkarasudas came the last two Surah things yeah um this happened in mecca apparently so during when he was in mecca this actual whole event happened this whole event this whole event so this midach thing happened while peg our prophet was in mecca the problem with this is yep. Medina came down while he was in Medina. Oh, sorry, uh, Bakara Surah yeah. came down while he was in Medina, not in Mecca. Okay. And the other issue with it is is that the time that this came, this happened. So it's happen- it happened when Isra Surah came. So Isra Surah came down when he was in Mecca. And the issue with it is, is that the, the, the story in the hadith says that Hazrat Aisha mm-hmm. says that when it happened, his bed was still warm when he went and came back. So during that night, so it was a a short time, she's saying. This is the, well, this is the, you know, the the hadith. Mm. His bed was still warm when he went and came back. The problem is this happened in Medina, Mecca, and the time that it happened, they weren't even married. Mm. She was still young. They got married about five or six years later when they went to, when he was in Medina. Interesting. So nothing matches up. Okay. I mean, number one, Bakara Surah was after, like when he went to Medina. It did not happen then. He didn't get the last two ayats of it.
0: So he was in Medina and then they went to Mecca and they settled in Mecca.
1: That's later. But this yeah. story, this all happened before that. This happened before Medina, before okay. they even went to Medina.
0: Okay. Okay. Okay.
1: I'm so this it. all Isra'a surahs that came before they went to Medina. He was told the stories that he got the last two surahs of Baqarah, but they hadn't been to Medina and Medina is to be known to all have come while they're in Medina. Mm hmm. And it's also talking about Hazrat the Aisha saying that his bed was still warm, and they weren't even married. Okay, not in the, <laughs> they yep. got married five, five years, six years later, apparently, when they were in Medina. Hmm. So none of this story matches up with anything. It's not in the Quran. Yep, they're relating it to a ayat that has nothing to do with that whole story. Okay, Because all it says is that Isra'a one is talking about a night walk, a night walk so in a walk in the night, and he was taken from well, not taken, but he was he walked from. Uh, Masjid al Haram, yeah, and it's uh, to Masjid al Aqsa. Now, Masjid al Aqsa means the furthest mosque. It doesn't so in, actually mean that mosque. Okay, no so, in, so
0: in the Quran, it does mention how he gets the praise, does it, or how he gets the what does the, the actual praise? Like you're saying, he's done a short walk to to he's, he's walked to the furthest
1: mosque. Okay, okay. so Masjid al Aqsa. So, um, when researching this, I found out that Masjid al Aqsa that exists there now. Never had that. That mosque didn't exist, and it never had that name, Masjid Aqsa, until about eighty years later, after our prophet died. Mm. So Masjid Aqsa never existed. Okay. That was just given later.
0: Okay, but so the, the meaning Muslims, of it is, yeah, the Muslims were praying towards that direction. So did it have a different name?
1: Uh, so no. Yeah, so what it's called, um, maxil Beit, I think it's okay. Called. So did it did have a name. It did have yeah. a different name. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's an. Uh, and the Muslims, uh, they actually prayed when they were at Medina like that. Mm. So While they were at Medina, they did it that way. Um, until the Qibla changed back to Kaaba. Uh, okay. Uh, but it's not Masjid Aqsa. And there's no mention of it anywhere else. But the word, the meaning of Masjid Aqsa is the furthest mosque. Mm-hmm. And that's what it's talking about. Now, um, that mosque being created 80 years later and then given that name, you know that's what history tells you. Okay. When you look at histo- history of when it was built and what happened and everything, that was the that was the name given later. Uh, but it's just talking about the furthest mosque. Yeah, because
0: people say he couldn't have walked that far from you know. Yeah, he,
1: look, he Allah could have made him do it. Yeah, I agree. They're, we do yes. believe in miracles, of course, yes. Yeah. through uh, prophets. But uh, there's nothing to show that it happened. Mm. Now why? Why is it that Isra Surah doesn't explain more about it? Why doesn't it say that we sent him up into the heavens? So it doesn't it, say that? No, not at all. Okay. Why doesn't it say? So he walked to the, he went, it was. It says the night walk. So the night walk, this is what Isra is, the night walk. He walked from Meslid Haram to the furthest mosque, Mesjid Aqsa. Well, that's what Mesjid Aqsa means, the furthest mosque. Mm. And apparently this was a common practice that he did then anyway. He apparently used to do it quite often, where he would go to different mosques around further away. Mm. And sometimes he would go, you know, to the, so we, you've been to Hajj, so did you do Umre? Uh, any other time besides the first no. one? No. No? Okay. Yeah, no, no. So, so when you were there, did you do Umre again? Did what do you mean? So when you were at uh, Hajj, like when we were there after we did the, um, after we actually did our Hajj and we still had a bit of time. Oh, yeah. We yeah, went yeah. with the Imam, yeah, yeah, yeah out to another mosque, like Hazrat Aisha's mosque. Yeah, beautiful mosque. Because that's just on the precinct of the outside of the. I think it's the closest one, isn't it? Like it's the easiest way to get back.
0: Yeah, We. I love that mosque. Yeah, we did. You went there, okay.
1: Yeah. And there's the Hudebiyah, uh, you know, the, the agreement there, they also that that's mosque? Right. yeah. Okay, so when because you go there, they, that's on the precinct.
0: Yeah, I think they walked there and turned
1: back. Rambay.
0: Yeah, there was a story about that. And um, you said we, when we went with Miligurish, some organisations, they go to Medina first, we yeah. went to Mecca first, and then we, we went to Medina. Too, yeah. yeah, We stayed there, I think, five days, which was just enough. Same, yeah.
1: exactly the same, yeah. five days again, Medina. Yeah. So we pretty much did the same thing. Yeah. We we saw the uh, people from Gurish as well. And they were with us at the same time when we were at Mecca. We were at Mecca. We Hassan went to Oja. Medina. Hassan Al was yeah, there. Yeah, I champion. saw him. <laughs> Coincidentally, saw him up in the Masjid Al nebi upstairs. Wow! Just as we walked up there, and he was just sitting there. Wow. He's a beautiful yeah. man. Yeah, it's yeah. very good. So coincidence. Yeah.
0: So look, um, we got we got to touch base in, in a lot of things. Is there anything else you want to mention about this subject? Or so yeah,
1: so uh, just briefly,
0: okay. so the name is Beitim Maktis.
1: Yeah, that's where we used to do, and that's in that direction in Jerusalem. That's where we used to point towards doing our prayer. Yeah, not necessarily Aqsa. Beitim Maktis. Okay, that's probably. How, I mean, there's a lot more about it, but that's you know we don't have enough proof.
0: Basically. How about look? Another thing that really gets me thinking is the grave. Like, are we going to because you know, going to Jumas and going to some um convert uh bets and you know, where you, you would sit down, you'll listen to the imam having this conversation about the torture, the torment that you're going to go through in your grave before, like, I, when you pass away, for example, uh, and yeah. the angels are going to rip. Your soul out, and they from can your either body, yep. yeah, they can either have a whip with fire, and they have scary faces, and then they take you to your grave, and you have a spider, you have this smelly creature with one eye or blind or something like that. Um, yeah. yeah, so I think
1: there's a lot of detail explained there that doesn't exist anywhere. But yes, you will be ripped out from your body. There's a lot of explanations about that in the Quran. Um, absolutely, yeah. Okay. I mean, you're ripped out of your body depending on how you are. It depends on how world you are. Wow, the more you're stuck to your worldly life, the harder it's take. You know, it explains something like that. Drinking the water. I don't remember exactly where, uh, but yeah, there is explanation of it. But the other details that we have about, you know, um, the spiders and there's there's none of those sorts of explanations.
0: How about that water just before you die? there's a water that's never heard of it. Growing up, I heard about it, but yeah, never read about it. That's all I heard. You've got a glass of water. It's got snots in it. It's disgusting. It's filthy. Uh, Heard but, about it, never read it,
1: never okay. found it. If it's somewhere in the Quran, and I haven't seen it, I don't know. But I've never seen it.
2: Yep. You know, um,
1: the other thing is uh, the punishment in the grave. So there doesn't seem to be any punishment in the grave, according to the Quran. Okay. So it explains it very differently. In that, in fact, there's uh, you know normally normally it's explained that people at, at our at time, so the time that we actually um, wake up again, when we're all brought back again.
0: Is that mentioning the Quran? So there's gonna be yeah. a short type yeah. of sleep or? That's right.
1: It's basically a sleep and I haven't I haven't got the aid for that, but that's okay. Done. But it's basically a short sleep. And it makes sense because we're gonna be judged
0: on judgment day.
1: Yeah. That's what judgment day is. When everyone wakes up again. Why would you be judged again?
0: True. So you're saying Gonna, there is no ayat about it yeah, so, so it's, it's like living two lives being right. here twice yeah. so you, you're out there and then you're yeah. in, in the grave and you're living that yeah. as well and it's then asleep. you're getting judged
1: yeah. yeah, it's asleep because there's an ayat that says who woke us up like during judgement day people are actually saying who woke us up from this sleep mm. um, you know, there is an ayat about it I just yeah didn't read, write you know, I didn't write down some notes on that
0: how about, how about the hadiths so some of the sahih hadiths that you know contradict each other You know, they're having a little battle against each other. Um, You know, because we we come across some hadiths from different mosques, different imams say different things. Um, Have you come across any of them that are are different?
1: There is, um, there is. There's uh, like, there's one that there's many about. There's actually quite a few, actually, that I came across. Mm -hmm. But like one, uh, there's actually a a ritual that they used to do during our prophet's time. Well, I'd say ritual, but a health thing where they used to actually take, remove blood from their body. Okay, I don't know if you ever heard about it. It's called Hajamat. Yeah, and what it is they remove blood from their body, and apparently it helps them. I'll do that. Toxins out of their body. i do that. Yeah,
0: so I do it. Yeah, I, really, you I'll, actually I'll, do this. Um, it's Chinese medicine. Like it's something that's been okay. Yeah, it is. Yeah, you yeah, actually yeah. do it.
1: Okay, so yeah, apparently yeah. it was practiced then. Even our prophet used to do it.
0: Yeah, and it was and there's proof right? that it was before the prophet, so it was around. Yeah, it must it. be. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, not.
1: Yeah. It's not our prophet. Our prophet didn't come up with it. Yeah, but it's it's explained something.
0: But I sometimes get clogginess um, you know, when when I'm overworked, when I'm overstressed, yeah. whatever it may be, and I've got cups done on, like I've shaved my hair, put a cup on my head around the shoulders or areas that you know. Oh, um, so you use a that. cup and, and do it. They they put the cup on, so I'll heat the cup up, put the cup cup on, take it off, and it, it allows the skin to be soft softened. Yep. And then they get a Gillette and start you know cutting little cutting it. yeah hair, that's right. I've and then that. they put the cup back on and it gets out all this really. Gooey, bad gooey blood. blood, like That's it's right. it's thick it it's a different yeah. color, okay. exactly. It's the same thing. And so, what it does apparently recreates um, blood into those areas. Um, so yeah, we're uh, yeah. looking into it a little bit. How are you like getting it done? Are you doing it yourself? Or you no, doing it? I go. There's a there's a brother Murat. He does it in uh, Meadow Heights. Okay. Um, he does a really good job. I've been to a few different ones uh, in in uh, around, around Werribee. There was a brother that yeah. would do it there. Does it hurt? um not really <laughs> no well the head one it feels really tight uh and he he asks you though he's like is this is this really tight because it does give you a like it, it can give you a headache if it's if it's that yeah. that tight and you adjust it adjusts a little bit so that you, you feel a little bit more comfortable but um it doesn't go for too long so you're not there for an hour you're there for about i think it's a short period of time about 10 minutes 20 minutes um just depends really whereabouts it is yeah okay
1: interesting there you go yeah <laughs>
0: Yes, so there's, there's two hadith in
1: Buhari and Tirmizi. Mm. And they both go against each other because uh, it's about fasting okay, during Ramadan or any other time. It says taking of your blood uh, will break your fast and the person that's taking it from you. The mm. person that's doing it and yourself, your, your fast is broken if you actually ever take, get blood taken out. This is in Tirmizi and uh, Abu Dawud and Buhari. Mm. And then again in Tirmizi and Buhari, there's another hadith that says the prophet had blood taken out during his fast.
0: During his fast? While yeah. he was fasting?
1: Yeah, and the other one says your, yours and the person taking it out, their fast will be broken.
0: Well, I don't know anyone that's really done that while they've been fasting. Well, that's only the prophet had it taken
1: out during fast, so it's, it doesn't break your fast. Mm. No? I mean, that's one. So there's another one. It's uh, I mean, there's a common one that everyone sort of grew up with. It yeah. says uh, the, po- the prophet forbid drinking water while standing. Everyone's probably heard of this one. Don't ever drink water while you stand. So it says... Pref- pro- uh, the prophet yeah, forbid... This is exactly forbid. the word. So the, the prophet forbid drinking water while standing. Ebu Da'ot. Okay. In four, I'm guessing, book four, number 3717. 3, yeah. Again, in Ebu Da'ot. So it's the same book. Same person who put into the book says, I saw the prophet drink water standing just like you and me. Mm. So which one's correct? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Which one do I take? Do I just take whichever one I feel? I don't know. Mm. Um, because these are supposed to be sahih so these aren't. I mean, these, these are authentic. Are yeah, these are, coming from the yeah. same
0: people that are saying. This is in the same, same book. Eb-dawar. it's not even two different books. Wow! So it's in the same book saying two different things. Yeah. Two, two, now two different perspectives. if it was two
1: different, you know, uh, if it was Buhari and Muslim, okay, they had different views, maybe, and you know, but this is in the same book. Mm. Uh, so what other I mean, there's some other ones. Uh these are in two different books, but they're supposed to be Sahih as well. So if you says if you've done your prayer, okay, say you've done your prayer and it says and then later you went to so a jamat and you tried to do the same prayer again behind an imam, uh this namaz you have done twice is considered nafila. So okay. It's okay to do it. Mm-hmm. In Ebu Da'ot, it says, do not do the same namaz twice. Okay. Don't do it. So if, you go to, if you've done your prayers, you've done your, your maghrib and you go at night and you coincidentally came to the mosque, you're not just going to stand there and do nothing. Mm. And that's what it's trying to talk about. So like when the imam is doing it, do it again. It's fine. It just won't be considered. You're not doing it twice. You're just doing an extra namaz, you know, an afila. Okay. You're doing it. But in the Ebu Da'ud, it says, don't do it. Do your second, you know, the same you don't need to do it again. Well, it's saying don't, it's actually not, don't do do the same numbers twice. The other one is saying if you do it, it's nafila, in other words, there's no harm in doing it. It's not, you're not doing the same numbers. If you do try to do the same numbers twice, your second one is considered an extra. Mm. So people would be confused then, they
0: wouldn't know which one it's confused. Yeah, how how do you pick?
1: How would you pick? There's one more. So, again, this is Buhari and Humbel says, our prophet said uh, animal hides that are processed uh, and are clean. Okay, so it says animal hide that has been uh, processed are clean. This is what our prophet is actually saying. He says, then he came across a dead sheep, our prophet, and he's telling the people there, he's saying, why don't you make use of this hide? Mm. You know, It's a dead animal. because you know how we don't normally, eat, like if it's a dead animal, you're not supposed to eat it. So the people weren't actually, obviously, this is what the story is I'm thinking. Yep. They look at the dead animal. They don't want to touch it at all. And say, no, it's use the hide at least. It's dead, but you can use the hide. Take the skin off. Do something with it. Okay. But in another heart, this it says uh, the prophet said you are not allowed to make use of dead animals' skins, hide, or nerves. Mm. So which one is it? You know. Yeah.
0: So So some people would wear that around them. Some people won't. Well,
1: yeah. Which one is it? You know, Um, our prophet has said both ways. Could he have said both ways?
0: Yeah. Not really. Well, look. Do you believe in any hadiths? Is there anything that, you know, may... Yeah, yeah, of get... course, of course, absolutely. Um, Which I mean, ones? Well, there here's one. Uh,
1: there will be people after me narrate, narrating you some words from me. This is a very interesting one. Hmm. Present their words to the Quran, it says. Present this is a hadith. their words to the Quran. So it's saying there will be people after me narrating you some words from me. Uh present their words to the Quran, take the ones that accord with Qur'an for granted. Yeah. Do not take the ones that contradict with Quran. Who's so that from? So this is Sunan. 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 Okay. Hadith. Uh it's so he's this is basically saying any hadith that is attributed to me, mm-hmm. present it to the Quran. If it matches, then it's it. If it doesn't, it's not from me. Is this a Sahih hadith? Yeah. Sunan? I've never heard of that. Sunan is another one, so Sunan, there's actually yeah. a few, yeah. There's, well, there's about six uh, Sahih ones. Yeah. Although, even the ones that aren't, like, these are the ones in Qutbul sit there, okay. from what I understand. Um, but even saying that there are the Hadith that they consider Sahih from other people as well, because it, it doesn't really have any, do, it, in the end it, it sort of has more to do with where it came from mm-hmm. and the chain that's actually in between. It's just that when they talk about Buhari Muslim, they just say that they're all Sahih. you know. They're all been worked out and filtered through, sort of thing. Okay. It doesn't mean that a lot of the other narrators are not sahi. It's just that some of them are, some of them aren't. They haven't sort of been, you know, checked too much. Yeah. Uh, but you so, know, as so you can see some thing. of the examples you yeah. can see, even the Sahih ones, we've got problems with some of the Sahih so, ones. So this yeah.
0: one's saying, let's let's reflect on a little bit more. Yeah. It's saying that. If it matches, if what I say matches up with the Quran, yeah. so we've got some of these ups that say similar things, like Malik would say something, and you know, Hanifis would say something. Where if I'm wrong, if you find my information to be wrong from the Quran or from you know whatever, is like you know disregard it. Um, is that what it's is that that's what it's saying? Yeah, that's what it's saying. That's what it's, saying huh? what it's saying okay. So the Prophet yeah. even says Of course, Hadith.
1: yeah, of course. And he's saying, I mean, it's saying, do not take the ones that contradict with the Quran. Obviously. Yeah, because Qur'an I mean, is number yeah. one. So going back to the question, do you believe in any hadith? Well, of course I would believe in this one. Look yeah. what he's saying, you know. Well, you know. Um, there's another one, like one that I remember a while ago. Mm. Allah's Messenger said, if any one of you can get one reka of asr prayer before sunset, he said, complete this prayer. If any of you can get one reka of farj before sunrise, you can complete this prayer. Um, and this is in Bukhari, so what it's trying to say is, so just say the sun is just about to come up. Okay. You've just woken up. Yeah. You haven't got much time. <laughs> as long as you've just, you know, you've just started and you've you've started the first record so you've seen Allah a week bet and you've just started, then you can complete it, even if the sun's coming up. You can take time. Okay, so
0: as, say, the sunlight comes and you're in your second record it's still It's, it's fine, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. As long as you've began just before... The sun. Started. Okay. It could be a minute before. You've just started. It's like, I can't see it. Great. I've started. I'll wake better. It you you know, doesn't matter if the sun's coming up after that. Because you could, you're, yeah. I mean, the prayer could take you 10 minutes. You might do a really slow one. It's fine. You can do it. Okay. That's what it's saying.
0: About that whole sun, for example, um, even when you're fasting, yeah. they say that the Prophet the way he practiced, it's, it's, it's a bit confusing as well. Look, I would stop my fast until I see the break of dawn. Yes. And it's the different to what I have on my app, it's about a half an hour an hour different. You know. Um so you know Oh
1: wait, so when you say breakfast, so at night you're talking about?
0: Yeah, so at night you'll wake up, say four thirty in the morning. Oh, you're talking about in the morning, okay. Sorry, yeah, in yeah. the morning. Um yeah. four thirty in the morning you'll wake up. Um, you'll look on the balcony, the sun obviously isn't up, it's dark, and a few hours will go on, you'll look on the balcony again, you can't see that break of dawn.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, so I, I just... You have to the, see it. Yeah, exactly. So in the break of dawn, <laughs> what is it? That's that's a bit of that light, yeah. that blueness towards the sky, isn't it?
1: It's the red and the white. It's the red and the it's white. Like the, yeah. Okay. Like it talks about this white string, Beaziblik, which is the white string. So when you see the break of dawn, is you see this white... You see the sky red a mm-hmm. bit and you see this white line, as long as it's not cloudy.
0: Okay.
1: If it's clouds, obviously you're not going to see. But you see this white line. When you see that, that's the time to stop. Okay. Um, unfortunately, a lot of our... Prayer times or prayer times that tell you this are not reflecting that.
0: Okay.
1: Uh, they're a lot longer, half an hour before. Right. Yep. But um, I've actually gone up and had a look at this many years ago. I think about 2012, 2013, somewhere between there. 2013, I think. I actually went up to Mount Ridley oh, a few beautiful. times. Yeah, I got, I got, I've got video footage of it. I've yeah. actually got video footage of it while I wait there. So I wait two different times. The time that we're told normally... To, to stop the fast, basically. Or to stop and then, you know, you're able to pray, supposedly, after that. So when you're supposed to stop eating. I've actually got the times there of what it's supposed to be. And it's like, yep, stop. Pitch black. Yeah. Everywhere's pitch black. That's what I mean. And noticed. you wait about half an hour for the actual time. It takes about half an hour, depending on where you are, obviously. But it's roughly about half an hour. Mm-hmm. And it's just perfect. And it's just like, wow. It's come up. I can see the white line. The, and that's the moment you start praying. That's the moment you start praying. The moment you stop eating.
0: And you pray it's not until before that. If
1: you do it before yeah. that, it's not, you haven't done it. Okay. <laughs> um, this is very, a lot of people think this is, whoa, no, it's not like that, you know. I mean, I'm I'm going following the ayah. There are hadith about it as well, mm-hmm. uh, but the ayah talks about it. You know, Isra 17, 78, that mentions that uh, exactly how it's supposed to be done. It yes. actually mentions the white line that you were talking about. So, uh, but, and it's, you know, the eye tells you. You know, there are hadith about it as well. It explain the same thing. So okay. the problem is the implementation is all wrong. Yeah, I, no
0: I want to touch base. Well. I want to touch base very quickly on a on a little thing that is kind of, I think, off topic. Well, not really. Um, it's about the sighting of the new moon when you're about yeah. to fast. How, how do you do it? How do you do it? Well, like you've got different people saying different things. Diana yeah. goes by calendar. I'd yeah. go by the calendar. You go by the calendar.
1: Yeah. Okay. Look, the thing with that is, uh, everyone's trying to follow what our prophet did in the past time. Mm-hmm. Now, the only way you could do it was visually. Okay. But we're told when to do it, so we're told that when you see the uh, the new moon, which is just the the beginning of the crescent, yeah, that's the beginning of the month. Okay. Okay, and that's or the end of the month, you know, um, or the, sorry, the beginning of the next month. And that's how they work out the beginning of Ramadan, the beginning of everything. Mm-hmm. now our prophet had no other choice except to look at it mm. now there's a lot of groups or a lot of you know people muslims around the world say no that's the only way to do it but the problem is it could be cloudy yep that's true it could be that the moon so the moon is not always above us mm. during the day or at night you know particular times so it's not you it may not be above us the point that it's about to do that but it's in another country and it's happening in another. so what do you do then do you wait one more day we're in a we're in a time now where it's actually a global uh, world at the moment, well, and we know if it's happening in New Zealand, mm-hmm. although we don't see it here because it's cloudy or because uh, we're not going to see the moon tonight yep. until a certain time, they have seen it, mm. and that's when you begin.
0: Yeah, well, yeah, exactly because Coburg Mosque um, does it like that. He yeah. goes up, has a look, sees it sometimes. Sometimes he doesn't. Yeah goes by other countries that may see it so if, if there's countries near us that see it malaysia new zealand wherever that's when we're supposed to start yeah. also Saudi arabia they worst office the, when they get that far
1: the thing is they mathematically know it even now mm. so it's mathematically known that this is when you do it. i actually have an app on my phone yeah, that so shows yeah. me the you have it yeah, yeah, yeah so it shows you the, I, you can look at it and go yeah. hey it's about to happen on this day it tells you but you can actually app- fast forward and rewind what it's going to look like every day but an
0: app doesn't always necessarily work out with what the, the Arnett's calendar says. No, it does. I've, I've found that once, not always, but once it was the a problem day. is it's showing you where you are. Okay. So that's Turkey we're talking about.
1: And so what I'm saying is like, that's why I was saying like sometimes you may not say, so let's imagine tomorrow is or tomorrow's the new day. Mm-hmm. Okay. or well, today is going to be the new day. I don't know how it'd work it out. But let's say today is going to be the day. But the moon has just set for you okay okay but when it was setting it was uh, it was not actually it was actually you couldn't see the moon at all because there's actually a point where you can't see the moon at all and then it becomes the the, the middle the little crescent yep but that crescent has just happened when it's passed you by hmm. okay it's passed you by it's in another country they can see it but by the time you see it it's the next 24 hours okay for instance Now what's happened when you look at your app, it shows you, oh, it's already happening. Because In Turkey, they've seen it now. But your app is going, hold on, it doesn't make sense. Mine is tomorrow. Because it takes you that long before you see it. Yeah. You know, it's, so it's, yeah, it's a very, um, it's like seeing the sun. We, we see the sun now, but, you know, the other side of the world doesn't see it. Okay, so, yeah. You know, it's later on tonight.
0: Yeah, we've got a, we've got a lot to go through. You still do you know that? <laughs> <Is> <laughs> some there? really yeah, some you really interesting some really interesting questions. Some, okay uh, yeah. So I think uh, the next one was you know the curiosity in reading the Quran, moving away from you know what an Imam has to say or a scholar has to say. If we can quickly just t- touch base on on these um, subjects,
1: okay. Um, look, I I was very traditional in like every other person that believed in in the. Uh, religion Mm -hmm. in in Islam but I think I started to move away a little bit uh, when um, about the Quran so we have this we all were taught that you're never allowed to touch the Quran or read it or pick it up if you don't have wudu Yeah. Uh, but I remember a time when my brother actually brought a new Quran from overseas and it was all colorful and you know one of those nice ones that you know related the colors to the translation as well so you knew which Arabic word related to the thing He's yeah. saying, have a look at it. And I said, no, no, I don't have, you know, don't have voodoo. And uh, his first thing was, you know, so you think you need um, – because he'd started on this track a little bit at that time. Your so brother? Yeah, my brother. So how many brothers do you have? I've got three brothers. And this is, is this the oldest or the youngest? The oldest one. Okay. Yeah. So a while ago he started on this track a little bit and um, he knew some things about it. Mm-hmm. And he was like, do you think you need voodoo? And I said, well, don't I? I was like <laughs> – and he go, and then uh, that's, that's when I sort of, I didn't touch, I still didn't open it up and look at it, you know, mm-hmm. um, and then I went away and started researching it a little bit. Okay. And then found, uh, what I tried to find out was why am I actually not touching it? So it's like, okay, great, I'm not allowed to touch it, but why, where is it? So I started going through Google, YouTube, all these things. Where's the, where's the information? Where does it relate to it? And then I found the ayat. So I found that an ayat in the Quran of why they say you can't touch the Quran. What's that? Uh, well, there's a there's an ayat that says, um, it's in Vakia, so uh, Surah 56 79. It says, none touch except the purified. Okay. Okay. So it's saying you don't touch unless you're purified. However, the problem is, it's not talking about the Quran as a book, it's talking about Ash. So there's a place called Ash, I don't know if you've heard about it, up in, uh, you know, where the angels are. Mm. It's where all the information is held, including where the Quran is. Okay. It's all information about everything. So um, it's saying that only clean people can go there. So the angels can go there, but the jinns can't, the shaitan can't. They're not allowed to go and listen. I don't know if you've ever heard about it. That's what it's talking about. It's not talking about the book that we have in our hands. Mm. Get up this. It doesn't even say that anyway. It says, none touch it except the purified. It
0: none the touch ayat. the Quran except the it purified. Says none,
1: well, none touch it except the, the purified. That's what the ayat is about. That's in English. Okay. Um, it says, in, in Turkish, it says, you know, which means, you know, only the clean can touch it. Mm. Uh, but, but it's not talking about the book itself. It's talking about the information that's up in, up in heaven, where the angels are. Mm. Because it says that uh, the unseen can go there too, so jinns can actually go up there. But they're not allowed to. They try to go and listen. I don't know if you've heard of these. They try to hear the information that's up there. The Quran is up there. It's called Arsh. Okay. They try to go up and listen. And saying the only uh, the only people who can go up there are the clean people. So the angels themselves can only go up there. It's got nothing to do with opening up the Quran, a piece of book. You know, why would it anyway? Yeah. It's a. It's,
0: so so what does it, it say? Pages. What does it say about like um you know Wudu and daily prayers? Um, you know, yeah. do, you, do you think it's there's enough information in there about how there how to. Yeah. How to perform your prayer, how to take up this, uh, take Absolutely. wudu and, um, you know, so also, there's, for example. There's two,
1: like there's two ayats that explain all of it okay. in the Quran. One is maida Surah, number six. Mm-hmm. And in Nisa Surah 43, they actually explain how to get up this wudu. What does it explain? When, well, I'll explain just the normal up this first. So in um, normal wudu, it mm-hmm. says, O you who believe, when you prepare for prayer, wash your faces and your hands. To the elbows, rub your heads, and your feet and ankles, mm. yeah, up to the ankles. Okay. It's actually, actually, real. It doesn't say it properly, but it's actually the ankle bone. It actually mentions the bone of the ankle. Okay. Um, and it says, and it goes further. That's actual just so that's a normal uh, wudu that you do to get to, uh, to do prayer. It doesn't mention anything. It says, are you who believe when you prepare for prayer? Yep. So this is when you get it when you're going to pray. Not when you're going to pick up the Quran.
0: It only mentions pray. Pray. Take your wudu before prayer. That's it. Does that's it say the only anything reason, about ghusl like about getting back? So gusul,
1: yeah, well, it says if you, if you are in a state of ceremonial impurity, mm-hmm. bathe your whole body. So that's gusul. Yep. So when you impurity. Um, hopefully we know what that means. We all know what that yeah. means, yeah. Of course. Uh, and it says, but if ye, is old English, but if ye are ill or on a journey or one of you cometh from uh, offices of nature, or ye have been in contract uh, contact with woman and you find no water. then take yourselves clean a, a piece of clean sand or earth and rub them uh, rub your faces and your hands so this is talking about um team up this okay you know? so if you've got no water, use some sand or some soil,
0: yep you know um.
1: And also Nisa 43 says, uh, it, it talks about, O you who believe, approach not prayers with a mind befogged until you can understand all that you say, nor in a state of ceremonial impurity. Mm. So It's talking about ghusl yeah. It's until after washing your whole body. So it's talking about ghusl again. Yep. Um, and it also talks about Tehmim again in that same surah. Okay. Right. Now the thing about uh, up there, so, th- so it's talking about four things. Four farzes of how to get... Wuzu before prayer. Now in Meseps, it's actually very different. The numbers. So this is what Allah says in the Quran. Four doesn't mention any others. Hanifi Meseps says four as well, mm-hmm. so they agree that there's four. But with there's extra students that are done, maliki says that there's seven farz. Okay. Shafi says there's six and Hanbali says uh, seven. Don't know why. Mm. Because farz means Allah said it a farz is something that allah has commanded and this is what it says there's only four there so i don't know where they're getting the rest of her from
0: well what what's your thoughts on the messeps?
1: uh my thoughts on messeps?
0: so uh, you know are you part of any
1: um you look, call yourself as a as a turkish person that's grown up in you know australia mm. or in, even in turkey yep. you're traditionally a hanefi some people are shafi Okay.
0: They're all Hanafi. So, majority of the Turkish people are Hanafi or Sh- uh, Shafi? Yeah,
1: mostly Hanafi. There are yeah. places that are Shafi as well, but it's, I think it's 90% probably Hanafi. Yep. Uh, but there are Shafi people around. Well. Now, the problem is that, I mean, I started going through a lot of this early on as well about what Meseps are really. Mm. And then when I started to see the differences of them, then there was a problem. Now, we're told that although there are four of them, that none of them really contradict each other. Yeah. That they're all correct. Yeah. It's just you know different imams of, you know, it's a road that we're taking. That's what it means. up means a different uh, path. Okay. But they reckon that the path all leads to the same place. Now, how can that be? When like for instance, just we just talked about wudu. One saying it's four, one's saying it's seven, one saying it's six. Doesn't really make sense. Um, but there is an ayat that actually talks about uh, how we shouldn't actually break up into different sects like in enam surah 159 so it's surah 6 says, as for those who divide their religion and break up into sects thou hast no part in them in the least so it's talking to our prophet says so you got no part of them their affair is with god he will in the end tell them the truth of all that they did so allah is saying you can't break up into sects there's even another eight in ali imran 103 so this is the third surah yeah Says, and hold firmly to the rope of Allah. So, this is a very common my most people, one. You've heard this one. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, most people know this one. And hold firmly to the rope of Allah altogether and do not become divided. Mm. What does that mean? Divided, like, yeah. Um, Stick together. Yeah, you know, being a different messer, if you consider that not divided, I don't know what divided means. There. So, call yourself a Muslim. Yeah, some people actually relate it to this. They, they say that Sunni and Shia are two different. Yeah. Groups. But Sunni's the right one, so it doesn't matter. You know, we're in the right one. Yeah. But it's not. It's talking about all sects, obviously.
0: Um, I remember a yeah. few times we had a few people ask, you know, what do you believe in? Oh, I'm a Sunni. Yeah, but what mess up are you? You yeah. know, it, it comes down to start breaking down which groups you're in. Um, I'll never forget one of these brothers uh, asked me once, you know, when I was much younger, um, who do you believe in? Like similar question. And so I told him, oh, I'm a Sunni, I'm a Hanifi. He's like, no, he's like, you're a Muslim. Yeah, yeah, that really raised that question in my mind, you know. That's true. That's what we are.
1: We're Muslims. There's an ayat that says that. Yeah. So There's an ayat, Neml Sura, it's called, 91, it says, I am commanded to be of the Muslims. So you should be given that name.
0: Even uh, Moses mentions it in the Quran, I think, um, where he says that I am a Muslim. He doesn't say he's part of, you know, so there's a lot of yeah. examples in there that says there we is, are, yeah. you know, we are Muslims and...
1: There's many. Exactly, I've read don't quite, divide quite a yourself. few, but I've, it's probably more than what I, you know, what I even know of, so... Mm. Uh, but, you, but you, you know, I mean, that that I there talks about, it's telling our prophet, you're not a part of them. Mm. You know, and it's basically saying their affair is with God, so God's going to deal with those people. Wow. You know, it's very strong words. Strong. I've explained this to a few people, and they've never always dis- disregard this for some reason. And it's so
0: powerful, isn't it? Yeah, it's so because powerful.
1: this doesn't only cover mess ups, mm-hmm. this now covers every group
0: that is everyone like, fighting against each other. Yeah, it could be the Shiite versus Sunni, it could be the Hanifi versus whatever. But then there's the, then we have all these groups in there.
1: Yeah, you know, yeah. No true. No matter what group it is, you know, if you're a different group, you know, have a different sort of path and different belief. Well, you're a different sect, aren't you?
0: Well, did you have any interest in any of these different groups early on? You know, um, the mosques in the community. Um, you know, can you can you give some examples of a few? Of a few,
1: uh, I very early on I remember looking at a lot of these. Yeah, uh, in the early nineties, the late eighties, early nineties, when I was a part of the mosque, we had so many different people, with different groups, and they used to always try to invite us. You know, come to, come to this. You know, uh, you know, sort bed we're going to get together and talk even one of my old uh, hoja imams you know from the early days he's you know still lives around in broadie he -hmm. used to try to convince me to come to his group kept telling me to come over never went never went because um you know i i never really went to any of the groups researched them a lot but never went into any of them i always knew that there was something wrong okay never knew what to be a part of that be a part of that group never knew what it was but Mm. never researched it enough to know that there was something wrong but I always believed there was something wrong
0: I like the part where they build mosques do projects where they help the poor and all the rest of that sort of stuff I definitely agree with you but there's so many of them that are saying come here come there we're the right ones you know yeah yeah, exactly and that that builds confusion doesn't it yeah
1: Yeah. and the problem is when you get deep into it you find that you know the the philosophies are very different that they're following a different book or following a different you know belief Mm -hmm. the beliefs start really changing after a while you know it starts weighing off the, the, the traditional quran mm. um, which is a bit of a worry uh, but no no never went into any group while i was in canberra uh there was a few groups over there trying to get me involved i you know met them occasionally but never really got involved completely sort of, can, Always I ask, can i away? what
0: sort of groups uh, we don't have to get into that
1: if no. uh, <laughs> you don't want to mm-hmm.
0: But um, how about here? Some of like, the controversial ones right now. That's all I'll say. Okay. Uh, the controversial ones. Yeah. Okay. If we're talking Turkish, we all know, I, yeah. I guess, what that means. But um, all right, look, let's get into, say, Sufism. Suf- I've had a few brothers approach me, and I thought Suf- Sufism was one, one group, but it's not like that, is it? It's so many different ones, no. because I've got one from one part of the mosque that believes something and then another one and another yeah. one. So, yeah. So Sufism, uh, that's the English word for it. In Turkish,
1: it's called tasawuf. Okay. Uh, I looked, I've researched this quite a bit at one stage, many mm. years ago. And I start to find out that, I actually thought Sufism was one thing, like one separate thing, and that all these other groups were something else. Okay. And then I found out that they all stem from there. Mm. All of these, uh, you know, uh, a lot of these groups that, uh delve more into the spiritual side of Islam. That's what it is. So Tasawuf is actually a person that's more spiritual than anything else. That's what their interests are. The interest is in actually purifying the soul. That's what Tasawuf is. That's all they're about. Let's purify the soul. They all stem from there. Every single So their group. core beliefs? Um, One of their core beliefs that yeah. they'll always tell you about is Tasawuf is about purifying the soul. Now the problem is how you get to that. Yep. So they believe that you need someone to help you purify your soul. Mm. A person, so an imam or, or the sheikh that they call it, a sheikh needs to help you on the right path of purifying your soul. in, some, in most circumstances, in, in some a lot of the groups, he actually helps you purify your soul as in he helps. without him you can't purify your soul. There's a lot of this sort of stuff Okay, um, But there are some, there's some core beliefs. That even the people in these groups don't understand what they actually believe in completely mm. and because I've mentioned some of these to some Some I've had a lot of conversations with a lot of uh, Sufi people and when I bring up these topics they go no we don't believe in that and I said yes you do you might not know about it but your group believes in this like what That's what's, so there's a few things the first one's called Ledun 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 inf- or Ledun information and what it means is secret information okay there's secret information. So There's a lot of sheikhs that sometimes, evliyas, you remember evliyas, uh, they have this thing called ledun. And what it means is they have secret knowledge. Let's touch base on evliyas, just yeah. very very briefly.
0: Yeah. What are they? Who are they? How did it start?
1: Well, there's a there's an ayat. Actually, I don't have the ayat. But there's an ayat in the Quran that says evliyas um, uh, are, so evliya means Allah dostu. So it means friends of Allah. Mm-hmm. Okay? That's all. That's the basic knowledge of it. Friends of Allah, okay. so friends of Allah are people who, you know, uh, obey Allah, do what He says, and Allah loves them, just, you know, accordingly. Okay. Now the problem is they use that word evliya and they say this is my special person, you know, that you're not an evliya, but this person is. So they, you know, whoever the Imam is, or whoever, you know, so he's above that, the Imam. He's above the Imam, of course. Okay. So these people are special. So they, they've made it a new class. There's no such thing. Because Allah is actually telling us what evliya is. He's saying someone that abodes Allah and you know all the commandments. Yeah. Now and and what evliya means? The word evliya means someone that is a friend of Allah. Now if you're not a friend of Allah, are you a enemy of Allah? <laughs> Don't understand. Like you know. So are we all friends of Allah? Of course. That's what you should be, shouldn't you? So True. the word evliya is for someone that is a friend of Allah. You are, I am. There's two words. So evliya means evliya is actually like the plural of veli. Veli means, like, it's like a singular uh, word. So the, the same word. So Evliya is like the plural of it. Mm. Uh, but it means, you, are you a friend of Allah? If you're a friend of Allah, it's someone that you committed to Allah and you're doing what Allah tells you. Um, unfortunately, Sufism has taken to another level and they've said that, no, no, that's a special class of people that Allah has appointed, literally. Mm-hmm. Because they say Allah has given them the right to have all these special gifts of some sort, and they have miracles, and they have um, they have this thing called legend, which is this secret knowledge. Yeah. this secret knowledge allows them to be able to answer any question. Mm-hmm. Apparently, that doesn't have to be in the Quran or Hadith or anything like that. They have the you know you ask them something, they'll know something about it. Yeah, that's what it is. And they they say that this apparently came from our Prophet and was taught to I think Hazrat Umer, mm-hmm. I think, but not the rest. Just talk to him, apparently, and he passed it down. It's, you know, it's a myth. I mean, okay. <laughs> yeah. uh, most people, most of you don't even know about this, but this is what they're talking about. So, this is the information they have. And so, Allah apparently gives them the power to be able to answer any question that's asked them because they have this secret knowledge.
0: And they have powers, and they have. They
1: have powers, yep. F- yeah. yeah. Uh, so, uh, they can perform miracles. They can perform miracles. They okay. do all the time, apparently. You know, They we'll can talk, walk we'll on talk water. A little
0: bit, yeah, we'll talk a little bit about miracles. They I can guess. walk on
1: water. You've heard of things like that? Yeah. Walk on water, fly. Yeah, yeah. Um, teleport
0: and stuff. But we're going to talk about that in a minute. Let's get yeah. back to um, yeah. So their core beliefs. So their core
1: beliefs, and yeah. yeah. So that's one of them. Legend is one of them. Uh, there is another one called Rabita. So it's a practice that they do when they uh, pray. They imagine their sheikh or their evliya and they, and they basically pray. They're not praying to him, but they're putting him in between. Okay. So they're praying to Allah, but they're, they're using their sheikh in between. So they imagine him. So they imagine him in his head, and when they're praying, they're praying to their sheikh or their evliya in the hope that he's going to then send it to Allah. Now, this is shirk,
0: unfortunately, because shirk. you
1: can't put anything in between Allah.
0: Allah. Shirk, shirk for those people that don't know what it means. Yeah. They don't understand what it means, obviously. No, but shit, um, for the viewers that don't understand what yeah, it means shit, is the, if you... Like Intercension, it's, it's called, you know. Yeah, exactly you've got to believe in the oneness of God, so you can't right. believe that he's got a son or a, or a daughter or That's right.
1: Or a, I, and also, so, so in Fatiha Surah, so far, the first surah that we read every time, five times a day, it says, I only ask for help from you, Allah. Mm. Okay? Um abdubi ya'kin astayin. So, uh, now... You're asking for help only from Allah, but then if you're a part of Tasawf or, or Sufism, yep. you do this thing called Rabita. It's so like, I only ask from you for help, but hold on, when I pray, I've got to think of my sheikh, and then he's going to send my prayers to you. Mm. That's what sheikh is, unfortunately. Mm. Not all of them know this. None of them will practice this, Yeah, but it is a core belief of Tasawf. I've had conversations with people that told me that, that they, they said, "Are you crazy? Why would I do that? That's shirk. I wouldn't even like he's telling me it's shirk. I wouldn't do that. yep And then when I went into their uh, their you know their group's website, it had full details of how to do this practice. <laughs> yep, and when I showed him, he didn't say anything after that but so they don't they're not all taught everything, mm-hmm. but their core beliefs are this. There is another really core belief, a very scary one. it's something called Vahde the English,
0: let's, let's mm? get that translation. in English. There's like,
1: well, the translation, I don't know what the translation is, but what it means is "vate the vujut." So, vujut means body. Body, yeah. So, vujut means that uh, that every. So, what they believe in is that. So you know when we say "La ilaha illallah"? So, "La ilaha." Yeah. The Arabic word means "no." There is only one ilah, uh, one God, and that's Allah. Allah, yeah. Okay. What they believe is they say "La," so no. There's only one. You know, there's only uh, God and his name's Allah they say there's nothing but Allah so they say everything is Allah so we are a part of Allah hmm. Basically, you say this is a part of, this is a core
0: belief, this or, is a core belief Sufism of majority of the of, Sufis
1: this is a core belief of Sufism now okay. whether they know what it means or not is another thing mm-hmm. that's what I say like it doesn't mean when someone says there is Sufism they might go against them. no I don't believe in that but it's their belief it's just that they may not have gone to that level and been taught that yet Okay. But it is a part of Sufism belief, hundred percent. Every yep. Sufi must believe in this, but they don't all know it. You know, there might be people watching this and going, "No, I don't believe in that." Well, you haven't been taught that yet. Go ask your sheikh. <laughs> yeah, ask him what's this fathat al business, and they'll explain it to you. Hmm. So it's a core belief. So they believe that everything that exists is Allah. In other words, we're a piece of Him. You know, and there's an ayat that uh, that talks about this. You know, it's saying that it's a bad thing in Zuhruf fifteen. It says, but they have attributed to him from his servants a portion. Indeed, man is clearly ungrateful. In other words, saying, I've attributed, like he's trying to say that um, I've attributed my body as a part of Allah. In Turkish, it sort of it makes more sense to me when I read it. Yep. But you've attributed parts of you, portions to his servants. Uh, but it's yeah so it's a very do, scary do thing.
0: they do they all believe in teleportation because this is something that i've come across speaking to a few of them it's yeah it do is they, like they've got teleportation yeah. they talk to the dead they see the angels yeah. where did it all come from so this
1: teleportation they call it that's the that's the word that they use Like so it's an actual the teleport there's something in the wall so, no no so what it is what they believe so you've heard of astral traveling not really no so astral traveling is this new age kind of thing that a lot of people talk about. Hindus do it a lot, mm. so Hinduism, Buddhism is a is a big. This is where it's all come from, yep. uh, this belief. So they believe that they could just sit where they are, and their soul can move to another place. Okay, yeah. that this is taking it a bit further because they say they can also physically go there. So it's not like a, a I don't know how they do it because I don't think anyone's seen this happen, mm. but they believe that the the arts so the the big. The uh, higher-up uh, guys. higher-up guys. Yeah. They, from time to time, they're able to teleport somewhere. And it's only between Akshaman, so between, uh, you know, at night only okay. they can do this. But they apparently they've been seen in other places. So they've been seen at Kaabir, apparently. They've been seen in wars. They regularly apparently go and fight wars,
0: apparently, like this. So they teleport. So Allah does again, the ones that God's... What, what are Appointed... People, Peter special port, loved people, yeah. loved people by yep. God, by God, can teleport, and they've been in. They've got a certain time that they're allowed to do that. Yeah, and when
1: they, I investigated further, but, yeah, I found that it only happens at nights, so between
0: um, Isha prayer.
1: But so apart from it being at nights,
0: them being at war zones. Yeah,
1: yeah. Apparently, they go fight heaps of times. You know, fight wars and things like that. Who, who says this? uh their own people their own groups to have these conversations all the time do they have books on this like on, on teleportation I don't know if they, they actually write these things they mm. talk about it all the time I've, I've found a lot of material about it yep i found a lot of material. So they do write about it yeah. I don't know what books they have that explain these things. Well, in the books that I've
0: read, the things that I see in documentaries in English is usually they're not even Muslims that are writing it. They're showing the side of Sufian where it's based on music. It's you know, they always show the spiritual side, spiritual yeah. side, and relaxing. Yeah. They've got Mevlana that they look up to a lot with quotes and stuff yeah. like that.
1: That's right. He's the most famous one that they sort of because Mevlana yeah. has more followings that are not Muslim now. Yeah. It's very interesting. So you don't. It's become optional to be Muslim to follow Mevlana. Because they believe he's a prophet. Like in the US, there's a big following. They follow him. It's very odd, isn't it? He's supposed to be a Muslim leader. Yet it's optional to be Muslim, to follow him. Because they believe he's a prophet. There's a big following uh, of Mevlana himself. Uh, It's a big worry because it's like, what was he really teaching then? I mean, we don't have people that are non-Muslims that follow our prophet Muhammad Ali. They quote him
0: all the time. Yeah. Me, even the media guys or someone on tv would just how many non-muslims quote our prophet Muhammad
1: exactly none you don't well, you can't very rare very, I mean, no but, but they wouldn't follow him yep. they don't say he's our prophet there are people that are saying he's our prophet murlan is our prophet mm. why so what is he writing in his book you know, i've read quite a bit about his book um but yeah
0: <laughs> how about how about the other stuff so them seeing angels talking to angels or talking to the dead
1: yep they believe they uh they believe they talk to the dead not just the every themselves so anyone i've heard them many times say that any you know one on the right path that's spiritually quite good can speak to dead or the dead just come out of nowhere and talk to them or the angels appear to them all the time in their sleep or uh, both i think Okay um, But there's a lot about this They talk about this quite a lot uh, This is why they Quite often go to a lot of tombs Of past Evliyas as well In places like Konya for example yeah, yeah Absolutely Okay They're all around Turkey anyway Yeah they, be- they like to pray there They're not praying to them obviously mm-hmm. But the fact that they're praying Hoping that their prayers Will be sent to Allah Is a form of shirk
0: Through these people That have absolutely. died Absolutely
1: Yeah through the people that, Because they, they believe They're not dead Mm hmm. Uh, um, in fact, uh, in Sufism, once an evliya has passed on, they believe he has more powers than when he was alive. Really? I've yeah. Never heard that. Yeah, <laughs> It's very interesting, isn't it? That is. Yeah. So he has more powers. So he's actually able to do more when he's dead than when he was alive. Yeah. He's able to travel everywhere. So one of the one of the common sayings, like there's a, there's a they call him Kaus <laughs> Kausul Azam Abdul Qadir Gilani.
0: Abdul Qadir Gilani.
1: A lot of the different sects of uh, Sufism, they ask for help from him. When you say a lot of different, how many? Uh, that that asked for help from him. I know sex. of three. The,
0: well, how many Sorry. different sects do you think there, there, there is in, in well, Sufism?
1: I think I at least counted about thirty of them once, and I don't think I've counted all of them. Okay, I'm just that's my brief. That's your number, yeah. briefly. Okay, my brief number, as in the ones that I sort of looked at to find out whether they believed in the same sort of thing. Okay. Now yeah, I think there's a lot more. Mm-hmm. Quite sure there is. You
0: know. So going back to Gilani.
1: Yeah. So the, there's a there's a common thing. They like to uh, the, they ask for his his title is qaus Kaus Azam. This is what. So they have different names in uh, Sufism where they have different titles for these people. They say that you can ask for help from him. Mm-hmm. So you can actually pray to Qaus, you know. And basically say, I need help now. I'm I'm about to fall in the ditch or I'm I'm on a plane, I'm about to fall down. Help so they me. go directly to him Absolutely. before Allah. Absolutely. And okay. the, the excuse they'll always give you is no, we're asking from Allah. But because he was Allah one of Allah's favorites, favorite people, we're asking it's like saying, you know, uh like say I say I uh, I don't know you, but I know your dad, yeah, for instance. And it's like uh I'll ask your dad to ask you, for instance. You know Well what he's mean? dead. Hmm? Well, he's dead or? Dead or alive, doesn't matter. Wow.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, instead of going to the Prophet, Muhammad which was the most liked of all Oh, many.
1: Well, they see the Prophet all the time too. So
0: They see him in, in their dreams?
1: Oh, in real life. Okay. In yeah. real life, in dreams. I've heard this many times.
0: How in real life?
1: Uh, they'll just ask for him.
0: So they'll ask for him and he'll appear?
1: Yeah, they say this. Okay. Sometimes he'll appear on his own. Every, every group does this. Every
0: group, and you hear it, they openly talk about it. Every group. Yeah, you had a post on social media. Uh, was I guess it got a lot of different people commenting on it about the Mevlana saying that they're, they're the children of God. Oh, yeah. Elaborate a little bit about that. So, yeah, so
1: Mevlana, in his book, Mesnevi, which is the most famous book that he has, yeah. uh, he actually says that Evliya's, are the children of God. Um, and in the post, I actually mentioned where it was from. And uh, and then I mentioned where in the Quran it actually disputes this. Mm. The Quran, you know, um, there's actually quite a few. There's about, I think there's seven verses that talk about this over yeah. and over again. Uh, and like one of them it says, they, they say, God hath begotten the Son. Glory be to Him. He is self sufficient. He's all things in the heavens, and no warrants have you for this. Say ye about God, what ye know not. Okay? Mm. But there's many. So there's Eunice 68, verse, you know, it just goes on. But, I mean, you don't have to read the Quran ah, to actually know that this is wrong. Yeah. The post that I had actually said what it was all about was that uh, it's talking about how we we like to slander Christians for saying that Jesus is, uh, you know, the son of God, don't we? Yeah. But here is a Meulana. Which we're saying is one of our, uh, you know, big Muslims, our evliya He says that uh, Evliyas, which is himself as well, yeah, are the children of God. But it seems to be okay. Do you think that's? Do you think that is shirk? Do you, like, what? Of course, yeah. I mean, if, if Allah is telling you not to say it, you know, yeah, um, it doesn't. Thing like it's saying yeah, in Bukhara one 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 six, it actually says that. It says you know you can't say that. Mm. There's, there's about seven verses that talk about this. You mm-hmm. cannot say that you know you're the child. Why would you even say like as a? You would never sit here and go. You know what? We're all uh, children of God. I'm a children. Of, I'm the son of God. Why would yeah. you say that even as a joke? So when I had this conversation, at this post, it was it was the answer that I started getting was oh that's a metaphorical.
0: Uh, what sort of metaphorical though? Like for example. You know, Uh, I think Moses mentions somewhere in the Bible, I don't think it's in the Quran, I I definitely don't think it's in the Quran, in the Bible he mentions like we are the son of God. So I think what Jesus was saying and what Moses and the few other prophets that are in the the Bible, they all say, Adam for example says it as well, I'm the son of God. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, the Christians believe in that. So it's it's a little bit tricky when they obviously say that Jesus was the son of God, but hold on, Moses was also the son of God in your Bible. Yeah. Adam was also the son of I God. I think their translations
1: are all wrong. That's yeah, all wrong. Yeah, exactly.
0: So the Quran doesn't mention that. We don't no. say in the Quran no. that we are the sons of gods. Yeah. So for them to get that type of title it's coming from the Bible more more than Yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. But to
1: but for someone to protect it, like the, the Sufis will protect this and they have. You know, in some of the posts that I, that I was writing. And they protect it. They're protecting. They say, oh, no, hold on. Uh, it's a metaphorical term. Of course he's not the son of God. But he just said that. I said, like, no, that's metaphorical. So when have you metaphorically said that you're the son of God? Does he elaborate is that okay? on
0: that in the book where he's talking about it? Metaf- metop- no, no, he no?
1: doesn't. No. You know, but, but, I mean, why would you say that? Like You wouldn't say it as a joke. When Allah, has, you know, in seven or eight ayats, he's actually telling you not to ever say something like this. Why would anyone, especially someone supposed to be that high of a religious level, even imply something like that? Mm. You know, it's not like uh, someone that doesn't understand religion that well and said, you know, I think we're all sons of gods or something. No, this is supposed to be someone that you're looking up to, that's written books about religion, that you're saying has, is a beloved you know, person of Allah, you know, the Allah Torah, which is the friend of Allah, mm-hmm. He's chosen by Allah, because they think they're all chosen. How do they know they're chosen is a, another thing?
0: And and um, they they somehow, I think um, my understanding delivery. of it is that you don't have enough education or you don't have enough knowledge to understand that unless you are a evlia, yeah. or you are someone really high up and yeah. and that kind of, you'll get your, that answer a lot. Yeah, yeah I got that answer a lot, and that question like that put a question mark in my my head, saying, "Well, then I just have to follow." Yeah. I shouldn't ask any questions right now. I should just p- be part of this and see where it leads to. Yeah. Yeah,
1: that happens quite often. So the answer you'll mention is, look, we know it doesn't make sense, but we're not at their level. We don't know what they were talking about. So, well, that's not a good excuse.
0: Yeah, I think I'm going to enjoy – I definitely would love to have someone very knowledgeable about Sufism that actually yeah. practices it on the show as well someone, to kind of get their take um, to see what Someone that
1: probably knows about. a lot more about it. I mean, yeah, I've, I've exactly. spoken to some people that didn't really understand their own – beliefs either you know, yeah not
0: those type of people someone uh, the ones that have really like spent years and years
1: yeah someone can reference something to you and say this is what we really believe in definitely um, I'd like to see what they say about it
0: yeah um, well both of us since we've yeah. neither one of us have come across anyone like that hopefully inshallah after this show uh, we would have uh, some yeah. people putting their hands up um, I guess is there anything else you want to mention on, on this topic
1: um, nothing really much no.
0: yeah I think one last question one last question before we end this episode. We have been speaking for a while now. Uh, is about say a harvest. One who can read the Quran off by heart. Do you consider it a blessing? You know, if you knew the Quran off by heart, you know what's more important? Do you think knowing the Quran off by heart or understanding it? So we like, I guess, yeah. growing up, you know, we've looked up to a lot of people, even even me as as a, as a child. You know, in secondary school, here's a harvest.
2: Yeah,
0: I never really understood what that meant. I, I understood that it meant. He can read verse by verse off by heart, which is an amazing thing. Amazing thing. Yeah. Like, wow! Who wouldn't want to? Who wouldn't want to do that? We had one guy; uh, his name was Yusuf. Growing up in, um, sorry, going to uh, school at Miligurish. Yeah, um, I went there earlier days before I went to Upfield. and yeah, he was probably about twelve or thirteen, and he knew how to read it off by heart. Twelve or thirteen. Twelve so to when did thirteen he start? years old. I think he started around ten. Yeah. Yeah, his dad. They'd, they'd, I remember the dad was very strict, though. They apparently it's a
1: lot easier when you're younger because you don't have any other distractions. True. It happens a lot. I mean, if we were to try to do it now, don't yeah. know how long it's going to take. Ten years? I don't know. <laughs> not yeah, not even that's sure. true because
0: we've got but work. We've got, we've got too got much. Children. In your head. We've you've got. got grand, in your you've head. got grandchildren, for example. No, um, no,
1: I don't have grandchildren. You don't have grandchildren? Not yet. One no. uh, <laughs> well, married, then no grandchildren. Okay, inshallah soon. Busy. <laughs> well. Yeah, we're all,
0: working away at the moment. So. Exactly. So work takes us, you know, doing um, a lot of other things obviously take us away from being able to kind of learn it off by heart. But inshallah, it'll be, it'll be something that we can yeah. do in the future.
1: Yeah, look, I think, well, look, being a half is an excellent thing to do. But I think your main aim of being a half is to actually understand it, to learn Arabic. Sure. If you don't have that at the end, if you, if that's not your aim, it's like, I'll just want to become a as and learn the Arabic, you know, and just memorize it. That's not that doesn't do anything. Mm. You just learn you. It's like me just picking up a you know learning Indonesian, yep. how to read it yep. and memorize a book. What have I done?
0: Exactly. You haven't taken that knowledge
1: away. No, you haven't taken anything away. But if it's like I'm going to become a halfers and you know maybe not during because it's very hard during. But your next phase is okay. I'm now halfers. I've spent four years on this. I memorize it. Now I go take Arabic lessons and I learn Arabic. And you know what? What bet. Imagine learning Arabic after you've memorized it wow. and you know what you're reading. Wow, it's all in the brain. It's all in the brain. Now, if, as long as it's that. Unfortunately, not everyone does that. Yep. Like in Turkey, we have every year, I think, like tens of thousands of people that become officers. They, they don't learn Arabic ever, mm. ever. You know, um, there was a, uh, a a survey done, I remember, I think, you know, back five years, five or six years ago, I saw. Yeah. They did a survey of all the people in Turkey that were imams. Mm-hmm and us um, half- as well, and they asked them how many times they'd read the Quran in their own language, like to understand it. Uh, it was less than 1%. Wow. Ever, like ever,
0: like reading it once at least. So like reading the Quran but not understanding anything you're reading. Yeah, so, there was, so was the then, question
1: was, did you ever read it in a language you understand? So whether it's, you know, if they knew Arabic and they understood in Arabic, okay, great. Yep. So that was one thing. Or in Turkish... Because they don't know Arabic, did they ever read they're asking every Imam. Mm. They said less than one percent. Ever read it once even, from beginning to end.
0: Because Musalabi, growing up, here in Australia, here in Melbourne, you obviously a generation um before mine, like yeah. we when we were getting taught the Quran, it was Arabic. It
1: was Arabic. And that's it. Were you ever told, for instance, the meaning of any of the surahs when you were learning them?
0: No, not really. No, I wasn't either. Never. They were mentioned, like you said, through um, some of these uh, imams that would come up um, and, and talk to us about them. Yeah. you know, But, that, but they we were would never taught. Like, yeah, and they wouldn't really define where it's coming from, you know, no. which part of the Qur'an it is. Um, mm-hmm. They wouldn't elaborate on it. You know? Like, like
1: would, Did you ever know? Like, I was a shock to me to find out in my late 40s that Wudu was even in the Qur'an.
0: Well, yeah, I never knew that.
1: No one ever told me. And you know what? It's very funny because whoever I talked to, well, later on I had these conversations and they'll, they'll be like oh hold on how can you just read the Quran you know it doesn't even tell you how to get wudu. and I said well here it is mm. and i will be like what
0: <laughs> I started learning you know. all this through Ahmed Didat through Dr. Yeah. Naik when they started yes, mentioning them yeah, too, yeah when they start mentioning it from the Quran You're mentioning Quran the verse, so the Quran
1: says this the Quran says I'm that
0: i like whoa I'm like man that's yeah. that's so that's crazy because I can now grab the Quran and read in my something. translation look at what they're talking about it's word for word yeah. You know, they memorize, apparently they're not half either. Um, well, I know that Dr. Naik is and He says he's twenty. he knows 25% of the Qur'an off by heart. Um, and, you know, so when he references it to a Christian or to a, you know, non, non-Muslim, it's teaching me something as well. Yeah. Yeah, and I didn't get taught that when I was younger.
1: There's a really important ayat of the Qur'an. It's all Zuhruf. It's Surah 43, mm. number 44. It says the, the Qur'an. Well in brackets says Quran. But this Quran indeed is the message for thee and for your people. And soon you shall be brought to account. So what it what it's saying is you're gonna be brought to account because of from this Quran. Mm. You're gonna be judged on the Quran. Wow. So not from the Hadith, not from, you know, um your Sufi's book. Yep. Yeah. Anything like that. Nothing like that at all. From this book.
0: Read the Quran.
1: Read the Quran. So if you don't understand what's in the Quran, you're gonna be judged on this. Yep. Yeah. Allah's not going to ask you which hadith that you followed.
0: Hmm.
1: It's going to ask you, did you do what it said there?
0: No. Um, well, sorry, last, last question. Yep. With all these type of thoughts, you know, the way you've obviously now moved away from um, certain groups, uh, have you got a lot of critis- criticism for it? Like do people, you know, kind of – understand what you're saying or do they quickly jump to attack they quickly jump to attack mm. yeah, the first thing the first thing I'm always labeled
1: as when you talk is like oh you're a hadith rejector said no actually read hadith yeah not a rejector I'm a rejector of false hadith I'm a rejector of a hadith that puts words into our prophet's mouth when he hasn't said it yep. you know um, to find say hadith that don't even agree with each other is an incredible thing. Uh, but I think if people now understand that the Quran is the source of information. The Quran is what our Prophet actually brought to us. The Quran is what every Allah uh, gave to him and that's what he showed us. That's what he taught to us. Now the, the hadith that we have are third-hand information, but they're informa- they're important. Mm. What is it? That the guy saw our Prophet say this. He ate with his right hand. He ate with his left hand. He did this. You know, This is what, I, what everyone said. Great, it's, it's good information. It's historical information. It's not the source of Islam. Mm. That's the problem. It's not the source. A source means what came from Allah. Now, if you're saying that's the secondary source, then did that come from Allah? Mm. Yeah. I think that's the problem. And I always get labels, you're a hadith rejecter. It's not a rejecter. Like, you're very quick to jump the uh, uh, the jigan here. I've had this from people that have never read a hadith in their life, probably. Mm. And, you know, I've read many. Can't say I've read all of it. There's a lot of it, but, you know. Yeah, but yeah, it's there's a lot of backlash with this.
0: oh there, I, I guess know? there would be. I mean, that's what got my interest with getting you on the show. Um, yeah. I wanted to hear a different perspective because we hear the same things from mosques all yeah. the time, um, you know. And then you're just so confused—the Sufism, the yeah. the you know—which one do you go with? Some you know? groups and yeah. mosques, and yeah, exactly. So it's it's important to kind of be open minded and see it from every side, yeah. you know. And I, I love that, so I like to hear it you know, from you and others um and yeah so look on that note i'd like to say thank you so much for coming on the show um i guess i want to thank all my viewers for also uh jumping on on board and watching uh i would ask them please also uh like the aiden show on facebook and go on youtube and subscribe to our show assalamu alaikum may peace and blessings be upon you